0: Yeah. Okay. Save the Universe podcast number thirty-two. It's been three weeks, four weeks, weeks, no, No. three weeks, two weeks for us, three weeks for you, or
1: something, Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dd has made it hard to
0: schedule these. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Dd made it hard, (laughs) and then also my personal life flared up with a huge flurry of activity around the Fourth of July weekend and whatnot. So, um, I haven't been here. But uh, now I am. So here we are again. Um, I don't think we have any special themes prepared for this episode, correct? Like, we're just going no, to... No, to just about stuff that we've been up to. We're talking cool, about video
1: yeah. games. Yeah, Re- return <laughs> yeah, to form. Yeah, I guess form. we, will.
0: we, have, we will, this will. We'll talk about video games and answer questions, I guess. that's the hey. uh, Real-life video games. <laughs> and then one real of is going to be play made play them on your <laughs> real-life computer and your real-life world and play some... We'll name three other. real video games and one fake one. You have to pick it out.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was playing Dying Light, Earth Defense Force, Galgun, and Chopapon um, Castle Kingdom. Time Castle Mano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: obviously, the last one.
4: <laughs> yeah. Dokapon
3: Kingdom right. was fun. The we might actually be able to do that.
4: online multiplayer with Dolphin now. I, I think that is actually a function.
3: Dolphins. We'll do the
4: I've been playing emulator,
3: Rusty, right? I'm
1: playing Rusty yes. Lake and Morrowind and 999 and Deckervania.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing
1: Towervania.
3: <laughs> you watched the, the Castlevania anime recently? Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess
0: we we'll, well, we want to talk about video games first. I think then we'll, well talk I've about been playing that. the game that Bird recoiled away from in horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? The horror game? Um, no,
1: Doctor. De- I also played Canarium. If you want to talk about uh, that, I finished that.
0: Now nah, let's talk about Doctor. Decker because that's I've also, funnier. But the other game you <laughs>
1: recalled in horror away from was Do- the Infectious Madness of Doctor. Decker. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I believe your uh, your re- response to it was
0: "fuck that." <laughs> <laughs> right, um, it was it was a little bit more nuanced. It was "fuck that." <laughs> I'd rather play Night Trap. <laughs> So it's a
2: strange,
1: strange game. So it's a FMV game where you where there's like pre filmed people and everything in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It very much is not related to, to Night Trap. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's basically been three or four types of FMV games I've, I've heard of before. One of the big ones, and the one of the more obnoxious ones, is like the uh, the quick event FMV game where you're watching a, a real video of some person doing stunts oh, or you whatever, have to, like, and you react press real quick, and, and yeah, at the right time, and yeah, you yeah. have to do like the dragon game, uh, mm. where like you have to press the right button at the right moment to make them sit, live, or it repeats over and over again till you do it correctly. Like it's a freaking mm-hmm. pachy parlor. Uh, I had one of those on my Sega CD way back in the day. The other ones, mm-hmm. like those like point point-and-click adventure games, are, are actually a really manageable thing to do with FMV, kind of. Because you just mm-hmm. need a fixed camera angle and a guy that walks around a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one is uh, one of the ones that's dialogue-driven instead. It's super strange. The, and it's, it's actually like, actively frustrating because the premise is actually interesting and I want to just get to it. <laughs> but you have to fight your way through the game itself to get to the premise and stuff. Uh, which is that there was a, a psychiatrist named Dr. Decker who has died and you are getting all of his patients. Doctor died.
0: Don't. Yeah. Uh, what? I'm out of alliteration. Oh, you're going to You you <laughs> tried. All you could do I, was literally say the words I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I said don't afterwards. You I added, added s- I added 25% more to the alliteration. You, you added so
1: much and your contributions are very much valued. Your check is in the mail. <laughs> but uh, the premise is that the, the guy died and you get all of his patients and the infectious madness part comes in because he seems to have basically made all of his patients worse instead of better. And you now have to deal with all of them sitting in the same room that he t- treated them in the first place. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it quickly becomes supernatural. Like within the first session, you start unveiling these elements of each character where they, they start revealing that they might have some sort of supernatural element to
0: them or a power and it's hard to confirm whether or not their power is a real power or now, just like would their you psychosis. say that that's like good or does that feel like the story's like gone off the rails so for me it's where it gets really interesting actually is is when okay. you,
1: you're trying to tell whether or not these people that believe they have these abilities have them or not uh-huh. and mm. and like they have these big elaborate stories revolving around their abilities and the tragedies they stem from, or whatever thing is going on around them, that and the and you basically progress that more and more every day. And mm-hmm. the game is divided into like four or five days, and each day an optional side character comes in for one session that you'll never see again. That also is essentially like a mini story about their particular ability, but not one of the developing people. Mm-hmm. But the important thing about the developing stories of the people that are there every day is that presumably one of them killed Doctor Decker. <laughs> So you're trying to figure out who killed. So it's a murder mystery. Then yeah, so it's a murder okay. mystery. But mm-hmm. I've got some, I've got some a lot of mixed feelings about the game though. One of which is the fact that uh, the game has multiple endings in a number of different ways. Uh, one suggestion is that I, I I don't know this one part for sure, but supposedly there's like a little bit of like Lovecraftian insight type thing going on where the more you know, the worse it is for your own sanity. So the more the more you dig and more you prod beyond what you need to to pres- pres- to progress with the story, the more you might threaten to turn yourself insane, which is kind of a neat idea that like completionism can be my- my- maybe a negative thing. But because uh-huh. I haven't quite finished it, I can't really confirm that part for sure. Mm-hmm. But something I have trouble with that I, f- I find kind of iffy is that uh, it randomizes who the killer is.
3: Right, mm-hmm. right. Okay. Though so it's not I the same story every time.
1: That. So a different mm-hmm. per- a different person's a killer a diff- every time, and I don't know which, like. I- Presumably, presumably, certain parts of the narrative like get slotted in and out based on whether or not that person is the killer that time. But it really mm. just feels like everyone's getting clues all the time that point at them being the killer, and then the fa- the fact the idea that one of them is randomly selected is kind of kind of feels like maybe the clues aren't even like it almost feels like you can't reliably try to piece anything together, and it's going to almost just be like a blindside one, like oh, apparently that guy's the killer at the end, but I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But the the biggest complaint I have with the game is that it's like Event Zero and these other games where you have to type your you have to type directly to the character you're talking to by saying oh. things to them, and like there's no dialogue trees where you click on a thing or whatever, uh, uh-huh. and that can be really frustrating for similar reasons that, that it was when when like when I played Event Zero and Wander and Shell played that too where like you were trying to talk to a robot by literally typing in it on terminals and it would respond to you and we never continued a,
3: with that and I really wanted it, to.
1: It had a tendency to say completely nonsensical things and
0: never it understand what you're awkward. saying and stuff.
1: It's, it's it's not great.
0: Doesn't get much better. Uh I watched um somebody play through that whole game and yeah. Uh, it it Event Zero very atmospheric, but then also not good
1: (laughs) yeah and that it's that's the whole thing that never really i've never seen it done well yet the part where you Mm -hmm. actually type at a person because it's like almost impossible especially since the people that try to do it are all indie games Mm -hmm. uh so they don't have resources uh this so this game tries to do that too and what's really frustrating is if you try to form an actual question or talk to them like they're a person uh they Mm -hmm. get confused because there's too many keywords popping up in the sentence you're saying basically so they can't prof- they can't process real language really. So instead, what's supposed to happen is that they will say stuff at you, and you're supposed to say keywords from their sentence back at them, like you're a Google search bar, basically. Oh. And then that triggers them saying the next thing, and it's really at, at times super awkward. like childish almost. It's kind of childish, oh. but at- at- sometimes it's really awkward and like almost like patronizing how often they want input from you because a guy will like sometimes someone will say one sentence and then the last three words are what you're supposed to repeat back at them and you just do that like four times in a row and i'm like why didn't you just say all this in the row like i you have to like prompt them with the end of their previous sentence just to make them continue talking like so if they
3: say i have you know terrible nightmares you can't prep you can't formulate your sentence like you have nightmares you have to do like Nightmares? nightmares? <laughs> you quickly realize that
1: basically you just say nightmares at people over and over again. Like It's like a, like bad anime writing when somebody will say something and the other person just repeats the last word back at them like a question over and over again. And, and that's how the conversation flows.
0: That is how the uh, conversation flows, yeah. Yeah, and it just keeps... God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Bird. <laughs> Bird.
1: But like it's like as if you were playing Mass Effect, and every single and they and the character would only ever say one screen of dialogue at a time, and you'd have to prompt them again.
4: (laughs) The idea of Commander Shepard just constantly parroting back at people
1: is magic. Yes, (laughs) just over and over again. But yeah, over and over again. But the game contradicts itself a bit because at times, yeah, it contradicts itself. (laughs) I thought you were making. I thought you were being clever for a second there because their last game was called Contradiction, but instead you're just being a dick. <laughs> being a dick, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh. oh, we had to start the podcast with this. I'm going to live with this for the next two hours. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. It's fine. It's not uh, funny yeah, anymore. We're, we will but be they, moving they past do the, this. They do the yeah, one dumb
1: gaff. So, for a large chunk of the game, the game trains you that only saying one keyword back to them works because if you try to talk to them normally, they do like get confused and you have to try again over and over again. But eventually, you'll hit a point where keywords don't work, and you have to write a full
4: sentence, word for word, in order to trigger the next thing. And it's like they can't decide which way works necessarily. Mm. It's actually what killed Event Zero for me because I'd be like trying to ask like innocuous questions, and it would like get legit mad at me and like start threatening to kill me. And I'm like, but I'm just asking like, where's the bathroom? I want the premise of that game. That
1: that also happens in Decker in a really bad way, where you'll say something at a person. But they don't have progress gates in the conversations where you have to unlock them in order. Mm-hmm. So if you say Ooh. the wrong keyword, you could say you could suddenly prompt something from way later in the conversation that you didn't build up to at all, and not know, how, uh-huh. and, and you can't. And because the game just quotes you, it tells you what questions you've asked and has to ask oh. next to them to say which ones might be important and to follow up on later because I uncovered something. So you something. Accidentally,
0: I, so yeah, so uh, if, yeah, sequence break the dialogue. Yeah, you can sequence break like, the dialogue.
1: Happening? You can sequence break the dialogue, and the game won't tell you what it thinks you said. It'll just quote mm-hmm. back what you said and not tell you what how that interp- how it interpreted that. So you'll skip oh, so okay. far into a conversation sometimes and not know what the game thinks you said
0: that got you there. And it I gets was on the that hand, you're... it
1: becomes I was really you're easier to speed
0: s- run because you can just yeah. like say <laughs> like the l- last thing you need to for every single dialogue and then beat the game in like ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, but it it becomes a problem
1: because like you have like for example one character is there because she murdered her husband like that's the immediate premise but you're trying to investigate the murder of dr decker and how do Mm -hmm. you differentiate which branch you're going down half the time so like if you say a word like murder it could go down either direction very quickly and try and then rather frustrating though there's even moments where you'll accidentally ask her about one kind of murder because like her husband or dr decker or, or the other one or like or whatever and then you'll try to go back and try to go down the other branch and try to figure out how to ask them about the other murder, and you can't figure out what phrasing will make her not go back to the same branch. She keeps going down over and over again because they'll make the mistake of having this keyword-driven dialogue system where multiple related topics come up that are hard to differentiate each other uh, from each other mm-hmm. with the keyword system. So it's like it's a, it's a really weird, messy system, and I just, but I'm compelled by the story. So like, I wish it was a Netflix did series. That.
4: Yeah. Almost would just prefer to games that did that had were like kind of self-aware that it's like, by the way, this is broken, so if you just like ask everybody murder, eventually you just win. Yeah. Or just like very clearly like knows that the, the context sensitive dialogue system can be really broken. So if you try and game it, you just get dumb endings. <laughs> or you just guess the murderer and then it just ends. <laughs> like you did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: congrats. So for me, the thing is like a game like this, if it's gonna lean into this gamey stuff. It needs to really capitalize on the gaminess in a cool way to make it to justify its existence as not being a movie. Otherwise, I find myself just thinking like this: this would be a nice story to experience as like a cheesy low budget Netflix series. I just watch real quick
4: as opposed to uh, forcing uh, through. That versus like until dawn, because personally, I almost would prefer to watch until dawn than no.
1: See, until dawn is so choice-driven and so variable that I've actually watched multiple other people play through it for specifically yeah, because of that's the a, variability. I guess that is a good
4: point. Now that I'm thinking about it, it did yeah. Have until dawn a bunch is, is undisputably
1: gamey and and interesting to watch because, like that, it that's it's demonstrably was a really popular uh, Twitch and YouTube game for a while because people were so into the variability it had that was cool. Mm-hmm. But this this game, you're just unlocking linear dialogue uh, choices for the majority of the experience. And just fighting for it, really, like, just trying to fight your way through the game as, it's, as it won't give you the next step a lot of the time. Uh, there's thankfully a hint system, and you can dip into it as much as you want to. And the uh, everyone I've ever encountered that played this game before me just actively encourages you to just just go for it. <laughs> because the game's too much of a bother otherwise. But there was a really unfortunate moment. This is minor spoilers for early stuff, so skip ahead a few minutes if you're listening to this and want to check out the game yourself. I don't think anyone in this podcast is interested. But one of the characters' power is that he loops the same day over and over again, like Groundhog's Day. And so he has to find the trick that will let him go into the next day over and over again. Because mm. uh, something will let him move forward. It suggests that it might be grief-related, and if he ch- and every time he finds a way to move on past his grief, it's, he finally progresses a day and stuff like that. Oh uh, interesting, but that's kind of a cool premise, but he has a you have a conversation with him between days where instead of him looping, you're looping the same conversation with him over and over again, Whoa. and you can sequence break his conversation by talking about something he hasn't told you about that particular day but he did tell you about during the previous loop of the day, and then he freaks out that you're apparently knowing that stuff that he hasn't said yet because then he starts noticing yep. that you're looping. And I'm like that's really cool, but that was that's like five, awesome, but this is like a ten hour game so far that was like mm-hmm. five minutes of it. <laughs> Yeah, like if the game can capitalize on ideas like that in their next game, because like they're they've already made con- uh, contradictions, so that they'll probably make more FMV games. If they can capitalize on cool stuff like that, then they can ma- then mm-hmm. this could actually justify its existence as a video game. But mm-hmm. as of right now, aside from those few moments, I've mostly been like, this should just be a, a thing I could watch. I c- I like watching it would be actually be- it would be better paced and have better flow, and you could just watch these people monologuing at the screen because that's what the whole game is, and just get through it that way. But oh, yeah, it might, could definitely work as a low budget though.
3: show because, I mean, you would have a limited set, limited cast, not yeah. much for the lines of, like, attire and whatnot, so.
1: Like, as of right now, as an experience, I'm generally happy that I'm seeing this game and what it is and everything, but I rank it similarly to modern Telltale games from the last few years where it's like, mm-hmm. uh-huh, it would be just as good as or even better as just a thing you just watch. And that's hard to convey to an audience when you're doing a let's play because they are just watching it. So they don't know what your frustration is necessarily because they're just watching it passively. So they don't it doesn't come through that way. But yeah, that's an interesting, weird, memorable game that is deeply flawed, I think. And we'll see how that <laughs> we'll see how their future goes because they seem to keep making more of them. It's mm. long, but too, for what that I, for I, that genre.
3: I wonder if anyone will map it out eventually. Uh all of the, like, outcomes and responses and such, but... Almost do you feel like yeah. But do you, like, feel that there's a way for you to progress through the game that can alter the ending, aside from just a, right. oh, it's this talk, person I that killed about him. about the
1: interaction of the game, yeah. So, versus yeah. that person that killed what him. What happens is you can push people kind of towards and away from their power, like, encourage them hmm. to hide away from it or to embrace it, which can both be negative. Mm-hmm. Uh... What happens at the dialogue is basically almost all the dialogue is you just unlocking the next piece of dialogue, and the game is divided into acts. And you can only di- and uh, every character is represented by a red, yellow, or green dot. Mm-hmm. The red dot at the beginning of every act, except for the optional characters, they're always yellow at the, when, at the beginning because they're optional. Uh, if you talk to somebody enough, they become yellow, and if you complete literally all possible hidden dialogue you could ever find for the entire character, they become green. And as I said before, green might be bad for your own sanity to, if you push that far, uh, which I'm not entirely certain of because I'm still in progress and I go th- do these things blind, but it seems to be the case. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have to get every single character of that on your roster of like, which is somewhere between 5 and 8 plus or minus the optional characters. You have to get all of them to yellow in order to continue to the next act. That's the bare minimum is just to finish their the mandatory pieces of story that you need to be exposed to in order to get to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. But and this is the part that tries to enforce the part where it's a game, but it's so minor that it's kind of hard to entirely feel like it's worth it, is that mm-hmm. once per chapter, per character, you can basically answer a yes or no question.
3: <laughs> and that's it's it. uh,
1: that's about it, yeah. So there's a one yeah. yes or no question... And they're often false ultimatums that are really frustrating because you have a you, you can think of a solution that's often really reasonable and you can't suggest that because it's not, they're not real mm-hmm. people that you can actually talk to. So, th- mm-hmm. despite the fact that you're the psychiatrist, it's this problem much like the Pathfinder in Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, despite the fact that you're supposed to be this powerful problem solver character that's that's supposed to be in control of the situation, you're actually being told by weird random people that you're meeting on the street to choose mm-hmm. between two options that they present to you that aren't necessarily good options, but all you can do is say yes or no. And, like, that's what's happening here, is, like, they will... Essentially, the uh, patients are practically self-diagnosing or self-coming up with solutions for stuff or going down paths on their own, and then you can just put them in one direction or the other based on their ultimatum, which is very frustrating. It'd be really interesting... how the whole game's progress is, is built around.
3: Oh, how many characters are there that you interview with?
1: Um... So, pl- ignoring all of the optional side characters that show up for one day each along the way, mm-hmm. you have five patients and then and then uh, Dr. Deckers and your secretary, who is there for kind of grief counseling and kind of for being a character you can ask about things that the other patients say. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, because I'm wondering if there are, like, depending on what combinations of people are pushed to uh, actually embrace their powers versus uh turn them away like if different combinations of yes or no will result we'll in different endings not just not just a like you know how could you end up games- assembling
0: an x-men force Is that <laughs> <you're funny? laughs> yes
3: because uh, i find it's it's interesting how i remember um like all the way back at knights of the old republic Mm-hmm. You pretty much had to 100% light side or dark side in order to get the super special armor at the end. And yeah, that's if true. You d- if you didn't 100% like dark or light practically, then you're just sort of like in the middle and it didn't really give you any benefit. But mm-hmm. I always wanted a game where you didn't have to push to the extremes to get something different.
1: Yeah, like- yeah. Or that should be its own possible out- outcome, basically. Fallout New Vegas
0: I- did a really good job with that.
4: Well, New Vegas didn't really have like good or bad or even like bu- many binary things. It was just like here's yeah. a bunch of different endings. It Here, here's really a felt here's a Walking
1: Dead esque yeah, like really good apocalypse scenario- uh, society. Find your place. Yeah, <laughs> basically was that, that game. It was good. So the yeah, way they phrase it on game. the web on the website is multiple endings. Find out who done it and what happens to you and your patients. So I think mm-hmm. what happens because I haven't reached the ending yet is I think it's a modular ending where. Mm-hmm. There's, of course, the part of figuring out who committed the crime in the first place. But I think there's mm-hmm. an individual separate ending for yourself and each of the individual people that throughout the story that, Whoa, could go, I... that might be able to go either way, independent of each other.
3: Like, I'm imagining this. I'm imagining that you expose the one individual that knows how to use their powers to kill people. And depending mm-hmm. on your relationships with the other uh, patients and whether or not you encourage them to uh, form their own powers... If some will actually, like, come to your defense or leave you to get murdered by the, uh, the guy, like, what if there's, like, a balance? What if you need more that have... Like, I don't know. Like, maybe some people, when they manifest their powers, they use it for evil, but others for good. And it's all determined by, like, your interactions with them and... Uh, what it should like,
0: be is, be depending on the number of people that you help, they all determine that you're not guilty... And the people that you hurt determine if you're guilty. And then you can either go to jail or you can fight the dragon tank early.
4: <laughs> wait. 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 I, I knew that was coming. I was what? like, Bird is going to continue this with something nonsense. Oh,
1: like, wait, wait, where, where, where did you pull from for that one? Like where where, where?
0: I lost, I lost
1: the last every Every
4: game should have a How to Full Boyfriend mode where oh, the secret ending is, involves, oh, like, Tank JRPG battles and shit like that.
0: <laughs> that Did was, you guys ever uh, hear about that? That, that? was Chrono or...
4: Trigger, oh, by the okay. way.
1: Yeah. Cause Cause I know like, How to hey, Boyfriend has the thing where you, you're supposed to play it multiple times, and then once you've played it a few times, it starts unlocking wildly different endings to the point where, like... You start oh, changing did? protagonists and playing epilogues, and it goes completely insane. Really? So, oh, yeah. shit, yeah, I need, the, to the, the, to need to play more How to Full Boyfriend. We
4: I would be down for uh, getting a group together and just oh my voice acting God. our way through the entire thing. Oh, that would be, that'd be so much lets fun. Let's play
0: How to Full Boyfriend. I, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. It's a solely game to do that.
4: That'd be fantastic. Uh, the, not to spoil it, but the the like secret last ending... Uh, the game changes, like it's not yeah. a dating sim anymore. I didn't know beautiful. that. Yeah, the yeah, game I is didn't great. know that at the, all. The game
1: is—it's one of those meta games where they—they they know that this oh, genre wow. is played a specific way, so they built alternate—they built wildly crazy secrets into the concept of you playing it,
0: like people play, normally play visual novels. That's interesting because guys... I unlocked one of the most boring inter- uh, endings to that game, so I was like, "That yeah, was yeah." We silly. Got, like the teacher.
3: We got the teacher, and that was terrible.
0: It, it, yeah, might, I think yeah. the defaults. It might be the
1: undertale of visual
0: novels. <laughs> with I this should. weird meta-commentary we of the mechanics of its own genre. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to be spoiled on it anymore. No. I wanna... Yeah. It's we'll okay. To None of us have played it. it that far. And then maybe
3: we, we can play, play her it story together. have only played it once on pigeon mode, right?
4: <laughs>
0: okay. Can
4: I've never we, actually uh, seen them as humans. Can we change games? We, I should, get, talk we about... should get together and play her story sometime. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about The End is Nigh, McMillan's latest game. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Rich Evans' latest game. (laughs) I mean, yeah, technically. I so Eh. I didn't know he was going to be uh, speaking for that. I'm like, wait, I don't know much (laughs) about Red Letter Media, but I recognize his voice. (laughs) Is that you? I recognize his way too much. Yeah. Um, but it was actually really jarring having him speak as like the main character because I don't think Super Meat in one of his games. Yeah, but like. Well, there was, like, a narrator in Binding of Isaac that worked perfectly, but it was mm-hmm. a narrator. It wasn't Isaac, whereas, yeah. like, uh, in this one, it's very distinctly, like, the main character being like, so let's do kind of, like, a sef- self-referential, like, video game, and it's broken. Well, I guess I gotta go find some friends to, you know, make a game with and repopulate the world, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to be, like, kind of vague here, because honestly, the plot, I think, is pointless. In the intro, uh,
1: it's like he's Let's Playing His Own Game, basically, as a Twitch streamer
4: pretty much um but then you proceed to just immediately go into fairly mid to high tier S- super meat boy tier like difficulty platforming and yeah go it seems, have it fun. Seems to
1: be based the beginning
4: seems like it's based on the final level of super meat boy the yes. end yes ah, interesting yeah so there's probably a tie-in uh but mm-hmm. it's got kind of this like wonderful gloopy like visual style and you can't uh you can't wall jump in this one instead you can just wall hang uh, like hang off of ledges and stuff like that it seems Uh, like um, like challenging platformer oh it is so challenging my thumb like i recorded one episode today and my thumb still hurts the part where
1: the part where you're playing as like a clingy blob thing makes it seems like it's like Super Meat Boy crossed with Gish, the game he made beforehand that people yes. are way less likely to remember by comparison.
0: Yeah.
4: That's interesting. But it yeah, it is. Uh, I, I mean, realistically a lot of it is fairly basic platforming. You've just got a bunch of things that'll instantly kill you. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got a lot of, you know, every level kind of either iterates on a previous mechanic or adds a new mechanic that you have to deal with. So mm-hmm. uh third level adds water. And it's like, okay, so now I can kind of swim. But midway through, it's like, by the way, the water the water's acid, you can only be in it for two seconds. Uh so okay. suddenly you have to kind of like change all your, your kind of like strategies. And realistically, getting through the game is challenging but not impossible. Um mm-hmm. But there are secrets and collectibles that you're actually kind of required to get. They're tumors. Which I don't know what they do, but that's what I've been collecting. But there's also secret keys, game cartridges, and like mega tumors. And I really don't know what I'm going for here exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> every tumors. Every tumor is just placed in a regular level in like the least convenient location possible. And so you mm-hmm. have to wildly like change your strategy going for the level. Because you have to not only grab the tumor, but make it to a screen transition to save it. So, if you just die, you have to get it again. But if you can manage to either go forwards or backwards, you get to keep it. And, like, some of them are, like, legitimately almost impossible. Uh, it was the one that I was having the most amount of trouble with. I mean, even, like, uh, simply the, the beginning of the episode for, uh, today is you have this big open gap with these spike balls that are kind of just flying across it as though they're being blown by the wind. Uh huh. And in the center of the gap is a, a small platform with a spring pad on it. But the moment you touch that platform or even go over it, it starts to like crumble and go down and go like fall off the fall off the level. So uh-huh. you have to go bounce off the bounce pad and go right. But if you want to get the tumor, you have to bounce off the middle part, back to the left where you came, but like just below it, because you couldn't reach it earlier, then back to the middle part, uh, but you have to get like a perfect jump. That Otherwise sounds you miss the bouncy hard. pad. <laughs> it is very hard but like it's the kind of game i could see a uh, uh showing up in like sgdq and mm-hmm. it's just looking like pure magic as a person flies through <laughs> probably um, knowing but, exactly uh, when and where to jump and stuff like that i mean it really does feel like uh one of those really high tier mario games
0: yeah people uh, have tried to um speed run <clears throat> super meat boy and it's uh Infamous for being very, very difficult to get set up because it has a lot of technical problems, um, which I didn't really know about. But maybe, we'll see. Maybe this will be
4: different. As, as far as I've run into, no technical problems whatsoever. It's very well made.
3: Now, one thing about speed runs in, say, those kind of platformer games. Uh, uh-huh. Do you know how projectiles work? Like, do they? Does a projectile start? When you enter a new stage, or is it at random? Because I'm wondering if even being off a couple milliseconds could affect your gameplay. It is
4: so uh, specific. Like, Mm. I I could repeat the same action every single time and get the exact same result. Uh, So, I don't know.
3: You mean entering every new area the projectiles would be... The exact the same,
4: same? Yeah, the with... exact same positioning. Really? It's super So someone
3: really memorized it they could get all the way through. Yes. Okay. Because I was always worried that, you know, someone had practiced so hard, they are able to get through it, and then, oh, oh that, that projectile is a couple milliseconds off, so, you know, your nicely timed yeah, jump can, fails.
0: That <laughs> can definitely happen in a lot of different video games. I don't know specifically about the one Wander's uh, playing, but uh, mm-hmm. that's just... Um, you either learn how to get around it, or you learn how to manipulate the RNG, or you wait. just. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you have to just wait for the projectile to get in the right spot, which could cost yeah. you a couple seconds.
0: Yep. yep. So, depends on the game, depends on the runner, what they want to do.
1: Yeah. Super I specifically wrote with... me in a ways I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, if you play this one, it'll hurt you the same way. It's it my second Patreon game. <laughs> oh, Ooh. yeah. You sad banana.
1: Right after the original Crash Bandicoot, which is also brutal. Did yeah, you, uh... the Crash Bandicoot games are so hard. But the first one's like uncontrollable. It yeah, terrible, ca- it it has fixed camera angles that are really badly chosen, and mm-hmm. like a really weird ac- acceleration deceleration issue with its uh movement that makes its jumps really unintuitive and then
4: you get to the bridge with the turtles. That is bullshit. I was watching <laughs> Donkey try and get through that on the the remake. Have you touched the remake yet? Is that uh, any better? or? I have never touched the remake, no. Okay.
1: just waiting
3: for the... I'm just waiting for
1: the fear that the,
4: that the Patreon just chooses to do that whole remake as a thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, I've been... I have been handpicking my games. I'm like, here's like five options of games that I actually want to play. Please choose. <laughs> yeah, I no longer Yeah, probably the fear best it. way to do it. I, um, my second game, my first game was Metro 2033, which was great. Second mm-hmm. one was Momodora, which was great. And then I think my third one is Metro Last Light. So um, it's kind of a nice way of going through that giant backlog of games that I would love to play someday.
2: Mm-hmm. Of oh, State of Decay has been, so been in long. every
4: single one of those. Oh. Hey,
1: you've been doing it for, what, three, four years? 19 Patreon games. <laughs> Ooh. It's Crash Bandicoot, Super Meat Boy, Far Cry 4, Undertale, Antichamber, Factorio, FDL, Oxenfree, the, This mm-hmm. War of Mine, South Park, Starcraft 2, Alien Isolation, Portal, The Super Mario World, Hand of Fate, Doom, System Shock 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, Morrowind.
0: <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> really fucking far in Morrowind now. It's a long-ass game. Oh, it is a very, very long game. It's cool. Now, I like it. Is
1: but... that
3: the game where if you just keep jumping, you you, get you can jump, jump higher yeah. and you higher. Ju- you yeah. get
4: to jump
0: gooder.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love very that mechanic, and I'm so sad
4: nobody else does that. You
0: jump more to jump gooder. Existing? Yeah,
1: it's might as well talk about Morrowind because I've been playing it for like the last three months, and we haven't talked about it yet. But okay, that game is the most bizarre, weirdly balanced hodgepodge of just ideas Mm -hmm. that's not an unfair way of describing it yeah it's very true (laughs) like it it, the franchise is an interesting paradox where the sequels basically shaved off all the boring things and and as a result made the franchise boring paradoxically Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, Uh because all the boring stuff was what made the series not boring before because there's a lot Wait, of weird, th- boring things in Morrowind, but it's so charming and interesting as a result. <laughs> like one of the things is that you don't get quest markers because they hadn't even like invented the idea yet of a compass that tells you where all your quest locations to are to run towards. Like, like yeah, so you have to like find that. Yeah, you
3: organically. Like, yeah, like you guys, have been, been... like
1: you guys have been playing uh, Dead by Daylight. I mean, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Dying, Light. Dying, Dying Light. Dying Light his names. Uh, and yeah, like every every 2 <laughs> seconds you're opening another map and looking at the quest marker and like you're just running in straight lines towards things and like, that's how modern quest games work. And frankly, oh, they'd be almost unplayable without the quest markers in their current build because they need to be built around the idea of finding this stuff organically in order for that to work. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. just turn off the compass and turn off the map and uh, notifiers of where to go. It'd be very hard to beat almost any game of that 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 has that kind of quest system because they don't have the old Morrowind like detailed explanations of what to do and where you're going and stuff like that like I think Prey is one of the only ones where you could like actually play the whole game via opening your objective screen to to hear, read the explanation of where to go and then going there on the map because it's <laughs> a layout you can follow
3: when you can pull the map screen up and you just run to your objectives by seeing through the map, and it's terrible because then you're not actually experiencing the game. But some people do that, especially for MMOs. Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
1: opening World of Warcraft, pressing M, and then having like tab or caps lock or whatever was the run button, and just running in yeah. a straight line, and then pressing like A and D a little bit to rotate, and then just autopiloting on the map screen towards your objective yep.
4: or where you're trying to get to. And that's because it got that- better when you got the mods that gave you like a GPS arrow that's like, by the way, turn left here, and it's like, yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a couple things that if you do want to play Morrowind today, I would recommend you do. And one is you need to mod the leveling system. And two is you need to mod in some quest indicators. Not, I mean, quest indicators are a little bit on the optional side, but um, you should definitely mod the leveling system. Because while it was really creative and had some very um, nice attributes, it wasn't really well balanced.
1: No. And yeah, one, one of my points is actually that uh, not having quest indicators is what's interesting about the game because it is yeah when you're told when you're told a quest it literally gets written in your journal and your journal is a yeah. chronological history of these quest notifications like all the way to the mm-hmm. point where like when i got a major quest where i had to become the narrow and Hortator and had to make like six factions like me uh i had memorized that like it was page, the like end 90, the end of right? It's it's, one, one? it's like the beginning of the last act or whatever. Wait, yeah, yeah. wait. So it was Sorry. on page
3: ninety something. I had a point
1: where I'd memorized what page of my journal that entry was on because I kept having to refer to it to <laughs> figure out the names of the people I'm trying to convince and stuff like oh, that. like and it was you like, see,
3: nowadays you just have tabs.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like it was just an int- it was such an interesting like occurrence in a game to have like my favorite page just of my list. personal journal that I refer to constantly as a, as like yep. a reference material. And, like, people tell you how to get to places via, like, landmarks and, and cardinal directions and oh, street yes, names. Oh, yes, you know, south
3: of the swamp lies an ancient tree, and there it's beneath exactly its knotted like roots. That. Yeah. you know, It's there's, exactly um, like yeah.
1: that. <laughs> it's a yeah, a so like, it's like,
3: I'm going to have to run around the swamp and see what the like southern <laughs> edge is like.
1: It's a lot like early World of Warcraft quest descriptions where you had to read their, mm-hmm. the quest in order to figure out how to do the quest. Because yeah. people it- hadn't started using ThoughtBot yet. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Didn't EverQuest tout that as one of their major? Yeah, uh, that's players.
1: how most Western so. RPGs used to work before they invented the uh, before GTA came came up with the notify notify the uh, the mission notifiers, and yeah. then everyone started putting those in their RPGs, starting with like Oblivion and so on. And mm-hmm. uh, there's an interesting cross section where uh, or midpoint where where Oblivion has those that compass for quests, but also has ultra detailed explanations of where to go everywhere, just like Morrowind. But when mm-hmm. you open a quest log in Skyrim now, it's just like light the four beacons, and it's just like light beacon one, <laughs> light beacon two, light beacon three. Yeah. Like it's just four objectives floating with zero context or explanation or description <laughs> of any kind. Because you're just supposed to run at the you're just supposed to run at the GPS notification, which mm-hmm. means you're just staring at the map in the corner and running in a direction and not exploring. Whereas mm-hmm. the uh, the the effect Morrowind has with its way of handling quests is that it feels kind of like Metroidvanias and stuff where you start learning the map itself by playing it Mm -hmm. and you just Mm -hmm. know your paths and you know how to get around and you know the bus, you know the like actual like straight up public transport because Morrowind Mm -hmm. has this planes, trains, and automobiles thing going on where it has three different or four different types of transportation that are all limited and it's a really cool idea like you you go to the first town and there's a silt strider there that'll take you to the town you need to go for the first quest. And that Silster network only encompasses like six towns total, and they're all on the west side of the island. And the east side of the island has like six uh, docks where people will take you from dock to dock on their boat. And then (laughs) every Mages Guild, of which there's only like four total, have a teleporter. That'll take you to the other mages' guilds. Yeah. So you have three different overlapping things, which, so you have the experience of like getting on a train and taking the train into into the city and then getting on the bus to go to where you're trying to go, but in a (laughs) video game. Mm -hmm. And there's no fast travel where you just click on a town and go there. So you have like straight up paths you use to navigate the world that's actually like really interesting and makes it feel cohesive in a way that I specifically remember from when I used to have to play vanilla World of Warcraft when there was no flying mounts and having to like. Figure out, like, okay, I'm going to go to this place to teleport. I basically need to, like, I, I think it, 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 there was, like, mage guild portal, so I'd have to teleport from, uh, mm-hmm. I'd have to teleport or something like that directly. Oh, no, I had to take a flight path from, like, Thunder Bluff to Orgrimmar, the capital of the Torrent, into the capital of the orcs for example then go outside of orgrimmar and go to a zeppelin station outside and get on the zeppelin and then that would take me to undercity on the other continent and like there was multiple like there was a there was a Mm -hmm. boat system a zeppelin system and a flight master system that was all independent because you didn't have flying mounts and that was like it made you learn the world in interesting ways and that's Mm -hmm. the thing that's kind of missing nowadays
3: and, I mean, I think it's been addressed often where it's sort of like the instantaneous, you know, gratification that comes with games nowadays. If something oh, yeah. is too difficult or if you actually have to, like, enjoy the surroundings or the lore and everything, it's suddenly, oh, it's not fast enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. At the
4: same time, I can totally I understand, like, like, modern convenience. Like, Skyrim mm-hmm. is not interesting enough to justify having, like... To work to to find a place, yeah, Uh, because all of the the levels feel kind of the same. No, no, so
1: it's also also not interesting because (laughs) they didn't have to design it to be interesting anymore. Because you're just going to stare at a notification or run at it. It's like the difference between Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda. Zelda is a fascinating location to explore in Breath of the Wild. Did, mm-hmm. How much did you feel? Did you feel like you explored really in in a Horizon Zero Dawn Wander?
4: I actually started intentionally avoiding it because I didn't enjoy it after a while. Well, yeah, like there at too some point, you, at some point you just go to the next objective and just proceed with the story because the world is just kind of an
1: open thing, boring, where with no mm-hmm. actions to perform in it and no things to really find besides collectibles that you don't really have a reason to care about. Yeah, and a like, bunch I of really cared the about the collectibles in Zelda.
3: Well, when there are, like, hidden gems and grottos and interesting, like, lore tidbits scattered about in, like, various nooks and crannies, that's when I'll run around an open world more often. Yeah. Um,
0: I wonder what the first game to have fast travel was. Because I was just thinking back to it, like... Interesting uh, question. I I don't don't actually know. I don't know. I remember playing Betrayal at Krondor... Uh, which is a DOS game from, like, 1993 or something like that. Uh, and that game had actually relatively similar fast travel system as Morrowind did, where you would go to, like, the Mages Guild, you would pay X amount of gold, and they would warp you to another Mages Guild location. Yeah. Uh, and then another old game, A Link to the Past, had so- sort of a fast travel system, right? Like, you use the or- yeah, Ocarina could, to warp yeah. back to Kakariko Village. If that, is that what it was called back then? I don't remember. I think um, the village is Kakerika always called Kakarico. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't remember what, it's, how it's pronounced. It's confusingly
1: so. Kakarico
0: Village and Kokoro Woods. Yeah. So those, I always mix those up. Yeah, Kokoro is the other one. Yeah, so Kakarico Village, you could warp to that one using the Ocarina, and that was probably like 94 or something. So we've had fast travel in video games for a pretty Damn, long time. It, it you could even do a Chrono Trigger, too, couldn't you? Because you could warp to the end of time. And Diablo, too, warp. had you tra- traveling to waypoints. Yeah. That was like but the I, mid-90s, though, late-90s. I feel like it was, oh, okay. like it was Oblivion-ish,
1: the... though, around the time when you wrote, literally like, here's the giant map of the entire open world, click on any of the icons to go to it.
0: Yeah, Oblivion so, was one of the first series to really, like, open up fast travel so, like that, I so think. So
4: the first game to have fast travel was ys1 which oh, is a jrpg an old game yeah it was East, a jrpg the series <laughs> yeah yeah apparently. holy shit yeah on the pc in uh, 1989 by Hudson oh. Soft. yeah but apparently they uh i believe it's supposed to be the the one where they added fast travel is like a thing huh at least cool. that's what i can find in my basic sh- uh, searching. There might be another one. I tried playing one of those. I was not into it.
3: I mean, fast travel was always a very efficient plot device in Star Trek.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Just do like a little wipe. <laughs> you and you then mean the murder machine different... that clones you? <laughs> uh
3: that was only a couple episodes. <laughs> no, that's no
1: that's every episode. <laughs> that's every literally that's episode. That, <laughs> not even close. That's all that oh, the, are, the teleporter does you... is
0: kill you and make a clone of you. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. that that uh,
3: theory. The I suppose is one up. of many theories. It's not a
0: theory. It's like the official canon.
1: It's literally confirmed really? over and over again yeah. throughout the series, and for some reason, no one acknowledges it in the series that I, much.
3: I've watched so many episodes of Star Trek, and they've never discussed Dude. it. The the only
1: there's people that interact with a copy of themselves from the from the transporter, <laughs> or like well, people, go, the or, they, or they try to transfer Kirk someone down a to a clone. planet, and, and they like get lost, and they can't transfer them correctly, and they're like, "We'll try to retrieve them from the buffer." I'm like, the buffer. What, from Ram, uh, yeah, that, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that a was a real Scotty. person and not a weird, uh, copy. yeah. Sorry, Scotty's dead.
0: We have a, you're dealing with the 17th they iteration of very, the Chrono Scotty, they have a very, very strong sense of self.
1: Man, that, this <laughs>
0: yeah, just no, reminds would, me of the prestige. I would all over never again. use a teleporter, ah, uh, yeah. It is like the
1: prestige. The only it's form exactly of teleportation that's not terrifying is like a mage portal. Yeah, yeah, think about
0: it this way keith whenever you wake up you've you're coming back from a broken stream of consciousness therefore it's not a broken stream of consciousness though <laughs> they're literally destroying you and rebuilding you somewhere yeah, you else with your I'm memories <laughs> when you wake up you're <laughs> you thing. have all the memories that you had before you fell asleep so it you're so not you the same still thing. feel like you you still feel like you're you but you weren't because your consciousness was broken
1: if if real teleportation ever I mean,
0: happens, if I'm ever going
1: to use it, it, they better be literally bending dimensions around my ability <laughs> to walk from place to place. Because so, if you they're to save time, they better be undoing the world to
4: make me teleport, <laughs> as opposed to undoing me. Because if they're undoing was, me, they're
1: just copying me.
4: There was a book that I read a while back, and it's consistently one of my favorite books that I like to talk about. But uh, Old Man's War, they're talking about how they how they did uh, warp drive effectively. Mm. And the answer was, they, like, figured out how to fold space, so they more or less, like, overlay one, like, location in the universe on top of another, and then that uh-huh. was how it worked. Which was, I mean, it's honestly complete bullshit, but I was like, that's actually kind of comforting. And they're like, well, the other alternative is you actually bop from one parallel dimension to another one where you're there already, and it's just like, <laughs> that's terrifying. hmm <laughs>
1: Or just the idea that some sort of Lovecraftian dimension exists in between and you're crossing through (laughs) it every single time. Some movie or something dealt with that kind of idea where like some Mm supernatural-ish way of getting around was actually kind of having some horrible thing on the fringe all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's actually actually happening in my story. (laughs) But just to finish the... uh,
3: the morrowind. thought before because we
1: talked about the cool part yeah. of morrowind which is the the world's building and like the part where you actually feel like you're exploring a world and understanding it and stuff like that to the point where mm-hmm. like when you reach the climax of the story they just give you documents you can literally pour through to understand the entire backstory and one of the cool parts mm-hmm. about that is that there are two conflicting reports side by side that tell alternate histories of what actually happened that caused uh your death and reincarnation and the like previous and like what the current like threat that the world has there's two oh, completely conflicting stories uh, the, the two reports completely contradict each other and the people who wrote them still are still alive and will like advocate for their perspective and stuff like that and like it's so, like you even history is like a, a thing that is told by people in a very real way but what's that's but, cool but there's some really dumb stuff in that game there's real mm-hmm. dumb stuff in that game and a lot of it has to do with the leveling system which is really cool on paper the idea that if you do stuff a lot, so you get, you get better at that. God, stuff. the leveling system sucks. So what's really iffy about it is that is, is specifically the uh, the actions that are really hard to succeed at. All of those leveling systems are really really iffy, and so the two mm-hmm. big ones that come to mind right off the bat, maybe three even, well, two primary ones are the there's the persuasion system, the uh, speechcraft or charisma or whatever. I always forget mm-hmm. what they call it in this game. And there's the uh, stealth system. Mm-hmm. Between those two yeah, stealth, things...
4: I've never liked stealth in any of the. Uh, <laughs> it's the so b- titles, rudimentary at best. The, yeah, the,
1: the stealth gets better over time in the later games. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't get. Comp- it doesn't get. Uh, it never gets like mechanically satisfying and complex or or interesting. But mm-hmm. it's at least functional by the time you get to like Fallout Three and Oblivion and stuff. Like I played a stealth archer in Oblivion. Like I remember it working, but in Morrowind specifically stealthing works where you sneak around and you can see little icons saying whether people can see you or not and you can work with that a little bit but if you try to pickpock somebody pickpocket pickpocket somebody it's like impossible like mm-hmm. flat yeah. out impossible like uh and it's and the difficulty of it's totally out of whack where like if you go to the very first thieves guild you encounter in the entire game their first quest is go into this house and steal this key and you just go in the house and steal the key because lockpicking is easy and stealth works fine mostly but like mm-hmm. And all you have to do is just interact with inanimate objects. The second quest, literally the second Thieves' quest of the entire game, uh, wants you to pickpocket someone uh, in uh-huh. order to get in order to get something off of them, and it's basically impossible. Like I was already playing a character that was specialized in stealth to begin with, and. I could not do it, but the quest also gives you invisibility potions, and I tried using the invisibility potions to, while I was pickpocketing, and even that, it was impossible to do it. And I waited for my I've waited for my fatigue to max out, so that I had a full stamina bar, so it wasn't impacting impacting my dice rolls. And then I even went and grinded several dozen ranks of stealth and by just standing <laughs> around in a tavern and raising and raising my and and sneaking quote unquote uh-huh. by crouching in a corner. <laughs> and that's not
0: efficient leveling, so that screwed up your character progression.
1: Not yeah, it's not great, but I. Uh, even after I spam all of my ranks, I spam all I spam all those extra ranks of stealth, and I use my dr- invisibility, invisibility potion. I still can't pickpocket this item off this person for the second ever thieves guild quest. It's like the the, the difficulty makes no sense. How and does the,
3: pickpocketing work? Do you, it's not like It the just is a dice roll
1: on whether or not you get stealth. a dice roll? You, you sneak mm-hmm. up behind somebody in stealth and then open them like a chest, basically, and their inventory yep. oh, you is see, there.
3: I thought it was going to be something that was not a mini also... Game. Like, oh, it would be
1: so game. much no. cooler so you, if you could so you, actually you,
0: see you, the items
4: on no, their person. And you had to like and, pull them out like you were playing a weird fantasy you, version yeah. of Operation. Are you doing that? I mean, I'd say just point yourself at them and be like, I want to steal that coin purse on his belt. I want to play fantasy. It'd be like it'd be like stealing the pretzels from Night in the Woods.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, that section was annoying. So after after spamming several dozen ranks of grinding and using invisibility potions, I still couldn't pickpocket this guy (laughs) in this game. (laughs) Uh, it's, it's like it's baffling and speechcraft is similar where you'll do you'll do admire or whatever to try to get somebody to like you more and it like mm-hmm. has a 90% failure rate where they massively like God, you less. God, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and so the problem here is that the idea is you're supposed to use skills a lot to make them get better over time. But uh-huh. why would you ever use pickpocketing Or or speechcraft if they have like a 90% failure rate and always screw you every time just so that just based on the premise that maybe 40 hours from now they might screw you over less. Like Mm -hmm. it's an insane premise. So like you you end up having to work around these broken systems because the progression system doesn't actually encourage you to use the mechanics because like the premise of the idea is to use a skill a lot to get better at it. Like they're encouraging you to use your favorite skills and then reward you for using your favorite skills by making them better. But they instead just mm-hmm. dis- discourage you from using the skills by making them broken and unusable, which makes <laughs> which means you'll never level them up, which means no one ever plays stealth characters. Mm-hmm. It's a weird mess.
0: Also, yeah, you... I, I mentioned earlier um, that I said Keith um, by power leveling stealth was throwing off his character progression and efficient leveling. So the way that Morrowind leveling works is you have five major skills and five minor skills. And if you level, if you level the wrong skills too much, and your character build gets out of balance by uh, you overlevel your major skills, if I remember, that's how it used to work. If you overlevel your major skills, then you level up too fast, and enemies get too difficult. Yes. Uh, so you have to like level up your, you have to level up things a certain way. But if you you can only get like x number of skill points per level. If I remember, that was the system, right? It's been a long yeah. time since I what played Morrowind. What happens is that you have but...
1: ma- you have five major and five minor skills, and every time one of mm-hmm. them gains one level, then you get one tenth of the progress towards do- getting your next level up for your character as a whole that you get from resting. Yeah. But yeah, then, exactly. uh, additionally, uh, every skill that you have has an associated stat like strength and intelligence and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And yep. the, every t- so every time you get a l- skill up for a spe- specific skill, you get a multiplier on how many points of that stat you can get if you choose that stat for, uh, next time you level up. Mm-hmm. So if you get like five ranks into like short swords, not short swords, uh, something that actually be strength related, for example, then you would then get like be able to get five points of strength in one level instead of one, for example. Uh, and that creates another issue where, like, if you if you level up more than ten skills in a row without sleeping, then you would just miss out on future multipliers because it doesn't account for them for right. future levels. And those are permanently lost. They're permanently lost. Yeah. Although I've yeah. had no trouble maxing out over half of my stats at being one hundred already.
0: So yeah, it's, it's not a not big thing, tough. but it's like really, it just like sticks in your craw a little bit. Yeah, Because it's just really annoyed because <laughs> it's just like, why, why? Can't I just like level normal? So it's like if you're if you're me, then like you don't you go the entire game and you like never jump, for example, because yeah. you think like if I jump too much, I'll level up my jumping skill, and then that will throw off my character's major level, and then I won't be able to fight things as well. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, super, it's
1: super mixed though because if you build your character with a synergy, it actually works out. Because I think mm-hmm. I forget it was either running or jumping. Or something i think speed was the prerequisite stat for short swords and i was using a short sword character and i think Mm -hmm. it was either running it was either acrobatics or athleticism which are jumping and running one of them was the same stat as my uh as my melee stat so Mm -hmm. jumping or running a lot would give me a multiplier on leveling up that stat which would give me a higher multiplier for attacks like it's really a weird complicated system but you yeah, talked about the you talked about the really overleveling weird. thing, and that actually raises a new balancing problem the game has, which is that first of all, if you install the tri- uh, the expansions with the game, which is how it's normally sold nowadays,
4: it's uh, so messed up. Yeah. So the yeah. moment
1: you, what happens is every single time you go to sleep, there'll be a dice roll that has that's very likely to happen. Like it's not a, it's not a rare occurrence; like a very common occurrence is that the dice roll comes up that you get attacked by assassins in your sleep. Yep. <laughs> it was like 100%
4: for me. Every it's, time I'd start it's, it's that really game, common. I'd be afraid to sleep, so it's, it's like really sleep. common. I yeah, would, like, the tribunal, sleep guards and shit. In the
1: tribunal, so expansion, So even a safer
3: he... location wouldn't help.
0: No. Generally, no, not, make a the difference. guards would they'll, just at me. They'll attack you in, they'll in they'll your die. sleep,
1: or they'll attack you in a cave or obscure locations, anywhere. What mm-hmm. happens is that you're. Uh, Morwin has a really cool story, which is that you are a character taken out of jail by the imperial government to basically impersonate a prophet <laughs> is more or less what happens and as the story develops it might be pointing more towards the idea that maybe you're just genuinely the prophet or like you might actually be this character that everyone thinks that you're pretending to be or not mm-hmm. like all the way down to the end like i faced down against the final villain guy and he asks you like are you really the reincarnation of my old friend or not and i, I literally answered i don't know I know as well as you do <laughs> all the way down to it, that point because even I don't know by the end. But isn't
3: that called the self-fulfilling prophecy when by stating well, that something or someone is supposed to be this or that, it pushes them towards that's that? More, self-fulfilling is
1: yeah. more like saying something's going to happen and then it happens, but it's yeah, usually because like, you will usually, die if you go to Arby's later. <laughs> yeah, but like self-fulfilling okay. prophecy is usually used as like <laughs> a cynical way of like self-defeat and self-sabotage. Yeah. Okay. Like I'll never accomplish anything in life, so I'm just gonna sit here forever, which is how I ensure I never accomplish anything. That kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. So what's interesting though is that as you're impersonating this prophet for imp- for the help of the empire, uh, what ends up happening is that people get mad at you, like p- various people get mad at you and see you as like a heretic and things like that. And a fraud. So mm-hmm. logically, you should have assassins come after you. The problem is the Tribunal expansion and the Blood Moon expansion. They both exist in this world where they just assume that they literally could only exist uh, being consumed by players who already beat the entire main story and nothing else ever. Mm-hmm. So they literally just don't account for the idea that maybe you haven't already beaten the story in this game that the expansion's yep. installed on. So these assassins will start murdering you the moment you land on the island when you don't even know like that you're supposed to be the heir of Rain and no one knows that you even we are trying even to be it. Built your reputation <laughs> yep. yet? You literally like just you're in like some scraps and stuff like that. And they just murder you immediately mm-hmm. in your sleep. And uh, if you fight them off and kill them successfully, you get their stuff, which is problematic. Which breaks because... the
0: game. <laughs> yeah. The Dark Brotherhood.
1: I was playing. as a... So I was conveniently playing as a as a thief type character would not knowing that any of this was going to happen. So having hyper powerful thieves essentially break into my home and try to kill me. If I kill them, I get like stuff directly related to my build. <laughs> So yeah. they, they all drop. Le- they all drop light armor and short swords. Uh, <laughs> they dropped. Yeah. Uh, so they got the entire Dark Brotherhood set several times over early in the in the playthrough. And they get. They they dropped the Daedric Wakazashi, which is one of the most powerful weapons I've ever seen. <laughs> and mm-hmm. still, I'm still using it. Like it's a it's a, something that was available early in the playthrough because they were attacking me in my sleep, and I'm still using it now. Like while well, I've beaten the main story, I'm going into a, an expansion because they just would drop that for me, and it's more so powerful than anything there- in the game.
0: <laughs>
3: There aren't level prerequisites for high level nope. gear and weapons. No,
0: no. So, it's they're very freeform. They they scale with your level. It's sort of yeah. So they scale oh. with your stat that's related to that to their use
1: basically, yeah. Yeah. like speed or strength or whatever. Actually, one thing uh, I've read I no liked about for the games. stats, but they're supposed to the enemies are supposed to be scaling with you is the problem, and the expansion mm-hmm. breaks that by not even considering what level you are. Yeah. Oh, okay,
3: because in, in some games I will find, like, a really nice weapon or item, mm-hmm. and it's like, sorry, you can't use this for another 10 levels. It's like, okay, it'll like sit that my that and... yeah, that in my inventory for Yeah,
4: it doesn't exist in those games. <laughs> I was like that in Marwin, because I used to start it over a lot, because I'd mod the shit out of it, and then be like, oh, wait a second, like, this <laughs> isn't going to work. I have to start over now, because mm-hmm. this is before it was, like, really stable, um, which was fine, but uh, so in my case... Uh in my case, I knew exactly where in the like I'd say within half an hour of the uh the starting town, I could gear myself out with like end game gear just by knowing what to pick up and yep. like hide in what corners and like yep. dumb stuff that you shouldn't do. And I was just like, this is perfect.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I I I, I, I remember was I w- screwed. Yes. In like, Oblivion, before- you could do something pretty similar um, where that always shipped with the, um, what was it? The, uh, not the, not the Shimmering Isles, but there was another, um, expansion pack where you gained, like, this, like, holy armor. And it was so, so powerful. And you just could basically go out and get it right away. And in the base game, that was never in there. So if you go out and do this DLC, you get this, um, you're kind of pushed towards doing this quest that way, way overpowers you. And then mm-hmm. the whole game is totally thrown off because it was it was meant to be something that um, people did after they got kind of bored with the game. Like, hey, come back in. some new character and here's a bunch of stuff that like you can choose to do to get more powerful to boost right yourself a- right up, away. So you, yeah. Yeah. But if you're if you've never played Oblivion before, you think that that's just like a normal part of the game, and yep. yeah. it's just ridiculous.
4: So I'm surprised you haven't really mentioned the spell crafting system. Do I you was just about not do to. a whole lot of? Okay, because yeah, that is funky. that is the thing that they killed, and it's the reason why I don't like Skyrim or yeah. Oblivion yeah. that much. So
1: they, well, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily going to talk about specifically spell crafting because I don't actually do that necessarily, but I use I do do enchantments. Which is oh, yeah. similar-ish, but yeah, like the uh, Oblivion has a lot of—I mean, not Oblivion. Uh, Morrowind has a really interesting amount of freedom, where if mm-hmm. you learn all these different spell effects from different trainers scattered around the world, you just—they get added to your overall catalog, and you can combine them into other spells or into enchantments for your gear which can mm-hmm. either be the equivalent of spells that have charges on equipment, or what I eventually did was making like permanent, constant effect uh, enchantments that would just be actual buffs for my character, which is really the main thing I was interested in getting. And that points mm-hmm. to an- another issue, which is that once the game scales a little bit higher, once you, once you just get a little bit more capable, the game uh, becomes very certain that it's time to just dump mega enemies on you. And mm-hmm. these mega enemies, like the Golden Saint and stuff like that, uh, first of all, they drop absurdly expensive gear, stuff that, like, in a game where the average person has, like, 250 to, to 1,000 gold total, and and the amount of gold that a individual NP, a merchant has actually affects whether or not you can sell stuff to them and everything, uh, mm-hmm. y- you quickly start getting loot that is, like, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 gold in value, and you're like, the fuck is this, how, how does this fit into the economy? But you can sell it because there's NPCs out there that have like 5,000 5, gold. So then you can sell – if you sell a 5,000 gold item to an NPC, then sleep for 24 hours and come back the next day, their gold reset and the item still in their inventory. So then you can buy the 5,000 gold thing from them and sell them a 10,000 thing because they'll have the 5,000 of the normal stock and then buying the 5,000 from the value item that you already sold them to them earlier back from them puts 5,000 in their inventory leading to the mm-hmm. have 10,000. So you can staircase it up to 10,000 to 15,000 and you can eventually sell off all your really high value things, which completely uh... breaks a lot of the game because mm-hmm. the game is full of trainers that will train skills for you for what mm-hmm. seems like expensive prices of like sometimes 300, 500, 600 gold per skill. But if you're getting 150,000 gold from a single item, then like you can just be like, yeah, I'm just gonna max out all of my skills now at trainers in, in a few minutes as opposed to playing the game and it feels like you're playing the game correctly until you realize that there's nothing that can compete with you anymore because you're <laughs> using yeah. the, game's, the game's own systems, but they're just not balanced or taken care of very well. Uh, and one of the things that comes up is that when you capture this, uh, the important thing about Golden Saints is that they have the most high value capacity uh, souls. And mm-hmm. so when you put them in a soul gem that that, that can actually contain them fully, uh, you can use that to put enchantments on your gear that can be like at times absurdly powerful. Mm-hmm. And so midway through my playthrough, I, I got rings that would give me 24 stamina per second and five health per second. So in a game, this is a game with, where you have like 200 health where I was getting five health per second as an as a auto recoverer. Yep. Like that's like first person shooter yeah. levels of, of health recovery <laughs> in a game that's mm-hmm. not about having that kind of health. And my stamina recovery was so fast per second that not only would I never lose stamina from running or fighting, but people could curse me. To lose as many as 20 health uh 20 fatigue per second that's supposed to be crippling and it wouldn't move my meter (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a so the economy like so quickly you find such valuable items from regular enemies with no real grinding where you're like seeking out riches or like grinding levels Mm -hmm. and you can completely break the, the curve because
0: of those kinds of There's systems. There's so many ways to do that in that game, too. Like yeah. That's just one of many avenues where Morrowind can just be utterly broken for you. And it's My such favorite. a... Uh, modding really saved that game. <laughs> yes.
4: If this it didn't have goddamn modding, goddamn that mess. game would have been uh, It's so awful. messy, man.
1: It's, There's it's so many a, rough edges. <laughs> it's such a so- like a double-sided blade, right? Because mm-hmm. on one hand, the freedom is what's most appealing to people. The fact that you can do crazy stuff like that the problem yeah. is the game doesn't seem to be fully where you can and doesn't right. take it into account correctly. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes
3: me wonder what they did for ESO since it's a MMO and they're probably like stricter world, uh, rules. Very yeah.
4: strict, yeah. Yeah, it's so strict. You can't do spellcrafting. The enchantments mm-hmm. are very, very defined. I mean, it, it yeah. it's much closer to WoW than Marwind. So I, I wanted to talk about the spellcrafting system a little bit because I guess you never really ran into this, but uh, so... It kind of had this, like, basic formula system where, like, different effects would have higher or lower costs, depending on, like, how uh-huh. long the duration is, how wide the area of effect is, so on and so forth. And my favorite was to make really wide area spells that do very minimal damage over time for, like, two minutes, and then cast, like, four of them and just run around with it. <laughs> <laughs> like Warframe. Oh, I remember. That's like one of the most broken things you can do in that game, dude, because they... (laughs) Press the hurt
0: button. Yeah,
4: Yeah, it was... I mean, it was stupid, but I... I, As a 7th grader, I felt so clever when I found that out, because I was just like... (laughs) This is like... I am... I am literally just like the destroyer of worlds, and then I'd accidentally Mm -hmm. kill a town, and I'd be like, wait, shit, I probably didn't want to do that.
3: Wait, what? You can all the NPCs? Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. You don't know that?
3: Well, I've, That's one I've of seen to play a little bit of it, and I, I, I've mm-hmm. only played the beginnings of Elder Scrolls games because I was either mm-hmm. using other, pe- other people's PlayStation systems, so it was like just a, a fun, hey, let's see you create a character and maybe get through the intro, and then mm-hmm. never getting farther <laughs> than that kind of thing. And so, not only can you kill yeah.
1: NPCs in these games, but oftentimes being able to do that kind of stuff and play fast and loose with the, the, the game having to adapt to what, how you react to it. Doesn't like it affect your what,
3: reputation and other things yeah. too? Bounties but, on but, your yeah. head. Yeah, but being Definitely. able to do
1: this stuff is like when the games are at their best, is when the game is like adapting to your decisions dynamically and having to work with that. Like mm-hmm. one of my favorite moments came from when I recently, for like for an early Patreon thing, back when I was doing the, the sponsored hour stuff and unfortunately led to an unfinished series, I started playing uh, Fallout 3 and I was just mm-hmm. being a dick. Uh, I was just <laughs> being completely self serving treating like everyone picking on me at the at vault One Hundred One, like conditioned me to do that or something i got to uh so i, I got to megaton the infamous like blow up a full city and like the, the guy's like hey
0: you should blow up the city we'll pay you and stuff and
1: i'm like all right i'll blow it up and then I, but my character didn't have wasn't capable of uh dealing with the bomb itself to actually blow up the city he didn't have the skills for it so then mm-hmm. it's like oh well we got to find some we got to go find the local drug dealer who will uh, supply us with the mind-altering substances that give us temporary boost to intelligence so we can, like, blow up the bomb and stuff like that. So I go to the bar and I talk to the drug dealer guy. He's like, shit, don't talk about that here. Just, just meet me in the water <laughs> place at night and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I meet mm-hmm. the guy in the water place at night. He's like, you got the drugs?" He's like, yeah, I got the drugs. And I shoot him in the face. And I took the drugs <laughs> and then I blew up the <laughs> town. <laughs> Well, he wants he wants to sell you the stuff, and like there's a whole like there's a whole NPC interaction planned out, or you could just shoot the dude and take his shit.
3: And the (laughs) game allows
1: that, which is great. Like just to demonstrate to uh... my audience, in today's prey video, I got to the place full of all the innocent people and prey, and I saved and I killed Mm -hmm. everyone. And I just like, watched the object. I watched as the objective changed to adapt to the fact that the person I was supposed to talk to yeah. is dead now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> in some games, uh, killing them off actually prevents you from proceeding with that quest line unless you. In, uh, Morrowind and Oblivion it definitely it, does that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I sometimes when I was playing Oblivion or Fallout or Fallout New Vegas, um, whenever I would get kind of bored with that game, I would just save. And then I would just murder every NPC, and then I would reload, <laughs> and you know, then I play the game normally. But it really it's helps like to such deal with good... characters like Moira. I I, I
3: could never bring <laughs> uh, myself to do that. Never. Oh,
0: it's so fun! You should definitely no. try it sometime. No, just play Oblivion. <laughs> Not get bored, all the innocent
3: townspeople. No. Get
0: bored. Go to the main town and just murder.
3: Every no.
1: Listen, just every now and then, Shell, when you're playing role-playing games, you need to role-play a character that's not just you.
4: Hey! <laughs> so I will do that in Fallout well, 4 you make where I'll save. character saves. that behaves certain ways. <laughs> well, I'll do that in Fallout 4 where I just save and then murder my entire settlement because I hate them. I hate yeah. everything they say. <laughs> it's a really for.
0: good way to vent your frustration and how stupid <laughs> the NPCs are.
4: One of them picked up a fat man. <laughs> oh, no! And I was trying to defend the town. <laughs> and then he fat manned me in the back. There was nobody nearby. He just shot it because he couldn't figure out how to aim shots because it was arcing. And I like, died in the middle of a field surrounded by no one.
3: I- I'm not very nice. good at playing villainous characters because, unless, I mean, unless there's an enemy or an opponent that is like just so deplorable, it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, For that based on your D&D character
0: Shell, you play Boy Scouts. It, Poor girl yeah. scouts. I don't know. There's not really good. And like you don't have to be chaotic evil, but you can be a dick.
1: Like uh, <laughs> I played through I played uh, L- uh Dragon Age Origins and mm-hmm. you get you and Alistair and Morgan show up at like the first like refugee town early on that's going to be only available for that chapter and not be around later. And it's your chance to try to recruit some certain characters and one of the people is Sten. And Sten is mm. in that cage, and he's like, I murdered an entire family. And I'm like, that's nice. Bye. <laughs> and, I just, and I just left. And well, you Sten, see, and Sten I would died horribly like, nope. in that cage when the Darkspawn came. But, like, Sten's a recruitable party member. So, like, everyone knows he's a party member, and they all, like, they everyone pushes deeper because, like, I'm gonna, like, either because they're, like, all creepy, lawful, good paladin, like, boy scout captain america man and just push way too hard why with that did stuff.
3: you murder them kind of thing yeah, yeah. or, or, or because the they're like
1: or they're gaming and they just know the person's a party member so they're like i'm gonna recruit this guy i gotta keep talking to him or or like mm-hmm. i'm a quester man and i gotta do every quest no matter what as opposed mm-hmm. to making role-playing decisions about whether or not to do them in the first place mm-hmm. but when i was playing as my pragmatist character and he talks about like his he's like unrepentant about murdering a family i'm like Bye, Sten. (laughs) Bye, bye. (laughs) Same thing when, like, later on in the game, an elf tries to assassinate you and your entire party. And, like, if you're an insane person, you, like, let him go or even, like, (laughs) let him join your crew. And he's one of, -hmm. and Zephyrin's a lot of people's favorite character in that game, or, like, a lot of people like that character. Or you could execute him for trying to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, like, those, we should never forget those are options those kinds of options yeah. are put in the game for a reason, and the game has the respect to actually create all the different permutations of how that works if you actually pick that thing. But everyone's like, "But it's a party member, so they're by default they're going to live." I'm like, "No, they don't have to live by default." That's an so extra like thing.
4: Playing.
3: Dying I mean, the way you right. presented those situations, I could conceivably see like a, a stricter character being like, "Yeah, no," and and offing them. But so I'm not like completely goody two shoes. It's just they are mostly goody two shoes. <laughs> mostly.
4: Let me tell so- you the story of my people. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Bird and I have been playing well. Hey, they're lawful good. Dying so. light <laughs> lately. Yep. And I am consistently just so disappointed that we can't like just be addicted. Because everyone's conveniently really hidden
1: away behind a door.
4: <laughs> I'll think about yeah, it. I- but like we're we're constantly just non-committal because like you know side quest. But, like, yeah. there are people that are, like, just legitimately awful to Crane. And I'm just so disappointed we can't, like, find some alternate way of screwing these people over. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's, there's a pair of, like, kind of nerdy dudes. They keep calling us, like, a brute or whatever. And they ask us to get things. And it's like, I kind of want to just, like, find, like, a sabotage battery and blow them up yeah. or something. Because, yeah. Screw these you guys. Know,
1: dying Light's full of people you want to kill. Mm-hmm. But. You, they're either in quest hub locations where you can't even hold a weapon out anymore. Yeah. Or they're in discrete locations where you open a door and they pop out in a cutscene to talk to you and then close the door before the cutscene ends so you can't
0: just shoot them. Exactly. And you That's know, I, before I played Dying Light, I always thought to myself, like, I, I had a pretty high tolerance for NPCs that were insulting to the player. Yeah, um, But I was able to look past it because I wanted to like see the story play all the way through. Dying Light is one of the first games I've ever played where like the NPCs are so awful, so annoying, so conceited, so insulting, so condescending. Just every, like, 95% of them I just, like, hate. But the game's really <laughs> fun, so I still do the quests. That is fun. Fun. the whole it's a really time, fun I'm just staying to wander, like... I just want to fucking kill this guy.
3: Is it something <laughs> had that's in... so much fun with just, dying,
0: night, dying Light. Yeah.
1: Is it, it
3: intertwined, is it intertwined with the genre? I've noticed that, for instance, yeah, when Wander and I play uh, Telltale games uh, for the, like The Walking Dead and stuff, I find that in zombie survival narratives, half the characters are deplorable even though you're well, supposed to I, uh, sympathize with them. I think
4: it's actually a writing thing. By making everybody despicable, and you become invested and, in them. And, because and, and they it's even a lot a- easier to write a douchebag that a mm-hmm. person and like get an emotional response of like you know but is anger it because everyone's disgust?
3: like selfishness takes hold when they That's see everyone else accurate. as an enemy as an enemy for it's like le- resources it's less that they're and-
1: despicable and more that everyone's self-serving and looking after themselves or the or the people they care about specifically to mm-hmm. like vast extremes mm-hmm. like a, a really good version of that was that one of the best characters of Walking Dead season one was Kenny somebody who just wants his wife and son to get through this alive and will do yeah. some really shitty things at in specific moments when he's forced to choose between those people and other people and so that's mm-hmm. how you get a really sympathetic interesting character like and that kind of happened with the the new spider-man actually has a sympathetic villain where he ultimately does a bunch of horrible things and he's clearly in the wrong by the end but like like do you guys have you guys any have any has anyone seen spider-man at all we're, we're going to see no it soon. we're going to be seeing, seeing it like I later figured, this week
3: i figured with the whole like vulture storyline going the way it is with michael keaton and whatnot about you know oh we're, we're sort of like a rival of stark industries and like how so that's, not, that's, so that's not done. how it works at
1: all in this movie now no really and so in this movie, the basic premise, and this is literally the opening scene of the movie, is showing setting up the vulture's motivations. Like before you even okay. meet Spider-Man in this movie, you see the vulture. That's mm. how much All priority right. they give to the villain being an actual character, which you be better if he's going to be Michael Keaton. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And this, you think they so did try to this do this game, that with
3: the octopus?
1: Well, the I haven't seen octopus? that. For, I haven't seen that for like a, over a decade. They, it's so old now. Yeah. So in, it, they, they okay. of with so this,
3: a failed experiment, and it killed his wife. And stuff. That was pretty
1: yeah. sad. So in this movie they open up with the Avengers thing, which everything in all of the Avengers universe always points back to the Avengers movie over and over again and calls back to it. And oh yeah, you, like,
3: you decimated an entire city thing. All the way down to Agents that... of
1: Shield and so on always being like referencing to the events of the Avengers movie. Uh yep. in this one, yep. what happened is that all that alien tech's all over town and there's all this rubble and destruction. So like various companies come in to try to clean up the city and stuff like that. The Vultures but company they want was it. But the the vultures <laughs> company is a private company that was doing cleanup and mm-hmm. uh what happens they they put a ton, they invest a ton of money into getting like, all the trucks and stuff like that so they could do the contract and like do this whole like repair and reclamation process to fix the city up doing doing service for the city but also you know self-serving like I'm going to make make money to feed my family and everything but mm-hmm. what happens is the government steps in and kicks them out because it's all the whole thing is like top secret like under wraps and stuff like that so he loses out on this entire thing and it's mm. and so like his like his li- his livelihood's at stake so then he turns to crime because what he decides to do is they have this truck full of the stuff they'd already they'd, they'd already taken and he's yep. like well let's make a living out of out of the, like basically like finding and stealing and reclaiming and repurposing its alien tech that's now on the planet and that's actually mm. the motivation of the vulture now. It's like it was way has, less, so we're
3: gonna steal it. Its origins thing.
1: are not yeah. despicable. It's just the directions that you go in over the time makes him the villain. But like, it's it's a really well rounded idea, and making characters that are understandable like that is mm-hmm. way better <laughs> for most villains. Yeah. Like you can have like the Joker is a good villain still. Like the, like the Heath Ledger Joker was still a great time, but most times he uh, you, was a
4: monster, but he wasn't an interesting person.
1: Yeah, but that's hard to do other yeah. unless, uh, uh, without unless you can really nail something that crazy you pretty much have to try to make a sympathetic villain on some level otherwise they just become flat and boring which is what mm, yeah. most villains are we watched
4: are. Uh, we watched Triple X a couple nights ago and it that, mm, mm, yeah, that older movie so yeah it was like early 2000s I, one of Vin Diesel's first i find oh. this so interesting the
3: whole like sympathizing with the villain that does these such such like terrible and detestable things But as soon as, like, a potential protagonist comes along in a game that does you wrong, they they get offed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, (laughs) everyone in Dying Light sucks. (laughs) It's like you just meet a person, and you're just like, hi, I'm Crane. And they're like, sup? Crane has a feel to suck every day. And it's like, what?
4: I just <laughs> What did I do? To I yeah. just brought you medical supplies. And, and <laughs> if anyone's yeah. vaguely likable,
1: they're probably gonna screw you over during their missions in some way. Yeah. Yeah, and all that's happened. Yeah, there's mid mission but... backstabs that happen, and sometimes you even re encounter characters you think you'll never see again, and you're like, Oh yeah, I remember what you
0: did. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I don't know. It's the first game that ever drove me crazy. I, I I even played Deus Ex Human Revolution, and I didn't mind Pritchard. I could look past Jensen? Pritchard of all people. Jensen? <laughs> Jensen? <laughs> and I know people that hated that guy. I got the ending in Deus He's Ex, to take Ex off the training wheels, Jensen. Ever, Okay, <laughs> spoiler alert. I'm going to spoil <laughs> Deus Ex. It's actually a pretty good story, but anyway, I'm going to spoil it right now. Human Revolution? Yeah, it's old. But anyway, I'm just I making, sure, I'm just making sure you're not spoiling the first one because I need to get yeah, around. Yeah, this to, is Human to that. Revolution. I'm spoiling. I got the ending where every important character dies except for Pritchard, and <laughs> <That's> the, yep, <laughs> I got that ending too. That's the and I, I just like walked away from it. I was like, damn it, I left a world where the only guy that counts is Pritchard, <laughs> and Jackson I still got, didn't. I still didn't mind it too
1: much in the end. <laughs> Pritchard got his own expansion D- DLC chapter in the second game.
0: God damn! Uh, there's a whole there's, anyway. a
1: whole, there's a whole, Pritchard expansion pack for Mankind Divided.
3: <laughs> now, do they do Why? this because because the character because gets
1: their their hate? Man is like feedback, the best relationship or... that's developed in the entire franchise. So all the other characters are kind of like <laughs> they have, the, they they have the best character interactions, even though you kind of hate them. Yeah.
4: yeah. Okay. It's like um. So is it more like the a... two guys from The Office? Yeah. Sort
3: of like the pet project of the writers. Everyone despises them, but they it's in their th- attention all I along. I think
0: so. I think that it's probably something like that. But I can't bring myself to feel that way about Dying Light characters. i If no. you told me, like, if, if there was an any to Dying Light where the only person left was, like, Terrence and goddamn Philip <laughs> from the garage that are like, like, don't use big words, he's a real dumbass. Like, if those were the only two <laughs> people left, I'd be like, ah. <laughs>
3: ah, yeah, and they've all
0: the game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've definitely pushing for like those kind of themes in uh, *The Walking Dead*. Like, you know, how long yeah. can you maintain your honor before? Uh, it's not even an slights... honor thing. It's not even it's, honor. It's just like it's civility, decency. It's, it's just the how long rude. can you? <laughs> 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 it would actually mean.
2: No. Yeah, like,
3: there are characters that will get. Betrayed and backstabbed, and, and but they still find it in their hearts to forgive their former enemies and with whatever. Any of
0: those but why can't the game have those people? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> or even, or have... even
0: more than one type of people. <laughs>
1: Instead,
0: they just have dicks. There's as a, the, far as the eye can see. The two
1: character types are horrible, savage, and indignant scientist. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
4: uh... yes. The only the only guy that is even remotely nice to us is the like. The Jade? Well, kind of. Oh, I was going to say of, the... Uh, yeah. I
1: forgot about love interest Mick, guess who Guess who has to be a plot device later. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, uh, we know. I, I was going to say the, the black dude actually is legitimately nice to us, mostly. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, the, the guy that we haven't I, talked actually,
4: to since episode yeah, no, two. <laughs> back up. Every single black dude in the game has been nice to us, which is... That's true. Actually That's kind true. of refreshing, but... <laughs> like anybody else... Not, nah, uh, not nice, no. not kind at all. Mm-mm.
1: Cut that quote out, put it at the
4: beginning of the entire podcast
1: with no <laughs> Sorry.
4: <laughs> I just, like, every once in a while i notice, like, kind of one of those, like, weird, like, it's probably you not know, even intentional. people are really nice to us. <laughs> like, oh god, what was it? It was like in the early 2000s, there was always kind of like your, your generic, like, villain, and half the time it was like, um, he just looked like, a uh, frickin' Wesker. And mm-hmm. the, it, there was kind of like the Western stereotype, <laughs> um, but you know, oftentimes you had like the kind of untouchable shades man, the generic <laughs> cool. slightly ro- racially motivated uh, thug characters that would follow him around, and then the main characters like generic white dude, mm-hmm. and I was just like, To uh, Far Cry, yeah, yeah, Far Cry, yeah, um, that's no, fine. The white people getting there come up into the next game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually down for that. I, I, I'm i looking forward to that setting. It's also got mm-hmm. kind of co-op. I don't know if it's two-player or four-player co-op. If it's four-player co-op, I'm going to insist that we...
1: How much of our media is, is freaking inspired by the Westboro Baptist Church at this point? It's starting to get concerning how much know. attention
0: they get.
4: <laughs> well, but they, they don't even get attention anymore? anymore. Yeah, they're they kind, fell apart. They're kind of the, the villains yeah. of this
0: game. <laughs> yeah? True. I mean, kind of. they as an organization Wait. have completely okay. lost all their power. No, well, we'll
1: we'll have to see how uh, they handle co-op because in Fallout in Far Cry uh, Far Cry Three co-op w- modes were literally standalone co-op missions that were really flat and not interesting and mm-hmm. I think in Far Cry Four you could like load into your friend's game but I don't think they could do missions so we'll have yeah, to see. yeah you could like
4: help out the world maybe I'd have to look at that co-op one. would make that game those games more fun but oh yeah I think would make they them really actually <laughs> mm-hmm. but like if if we could actually posse up and go on a Far Cry rampage I'd be so happy. I've mm-hmm. been uh I've been watching the uh, Just Cause three multiplayer mod, hoping that they'd like add mission capability and all the. Uh, every time I hear about it, they're like, "Nope, can't do," it. and I'm like, "No." Oh.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, hey! Speaking of zombie games and potential multiplayer stuff, what about that one that you've been looking at with the whole um, base building segment? State of Decay. And-
4: oh, Fortnite! Fortnite! Yeah. Uh, that comes out next week. Yeah. We should get it. Probably. Oh, cool. Yes. I mean, it looks like Orcs Must or Die. No. It's so, it's starting, it's buy-in initially, and then free-to-play sometime in mid-to-late 2018, mm. but probably mm. 2019. How do they reward money.
1: people for buying it early? Do you, like, beget- become a Sparklier permanent premium gear. man or something? Or, like, is the game like, thanks for your money for no reason, now enjoy all these free-to-play elements. I don't know. <laughs> that I- would suck. I really don't know. That would be like I'm my hoping...
0: experience of subscribing to Old Republic for an
1: entire year. Is it sort of like a weird year, early access but paid early access
3: kind of thing?
0: I think it will probably be something like that, yeah. Did I tell you guys what happened with Old
1: Republic to me?
4: Yeah, you told for, me yeah, about it. I, su- yeah, I
0: subscribed for over a year.
1: Andrew okay. bought the special edition and literally never paid for a single month of subscription after the after the initial purchase. And when they Mm -hmm. went free to play and they were giving us handing out that paltry sum of crappy reward currency to try to make up to all the people that were actually paying for the money game up to that point that was now free, uh, Andrew got significantly more than I did. (laughs) Whereas I had actually played the game for months and subscribed for an entire year up to that point. Andrew got way more reward because he bought the special box at the beginning wow it's not a great yeah because they really feel that a customer appreciated (laughs) they have
3: the different tiers for you know whether you'd subscribed, what boxes you had purchased yeah yeah Yeah, subscribing
1: for an entire year led to me getting enough currency to buy like one thing from the entire store and it's a hell of a store because it was like hey do you want more inventory slots or the ability to play as more than one character and stuff like that like it was they should have done it
3: by month like how many months yeah, determines. It like, was per how month. Much it was just got.
1: tiny. <laughs> mm. it, I basically got enough to unlock like a, a playable race, which wasn't really much of a reward because it was literally content I already had access to before. Because like they made, they made. Ev- I don't know how old Republic is now. It's been around for years now as a free to play game, so they probably made it less before stupid over time. Before races but,
3: were locked per faction and other yeah. things, but. And also per class, like you, you couldn't mm-hmm. be certain classes at certain races, but so now it, if it, you it, purchase the race, you can be any class.
1: They used to have the class race combination system that that Warcraft had, but mm-hmm. once it became a free game, if you were playing for the free-to-play content, then like the game was brutal to you where it's like entire, like, entire lists of races for each faction were literally not playable unless you paid for them individually and unlocked them. Yep,
2: yep. When we and started, uh, if I had you to found rare Twilight loot, Grace. you
1: couldn't equip it unless you got tokens that allowed you to use rare loot. <laughs> and like you uh, couldn't, you could only do like one auction house <laughs> listing a day and one battleground a day and stuff like like they limited every they, they limited how much you could type in chat, like it was in slow <laughs> mode, like oh. literally everything about the game. They they looked at every element of the game possible in the most EA way I've ever seen and limited every single mechanic and facet of gameplay of an MMO, one by one to charge you for them all individually. <laughs>
4: It was (laughs) brutal. I'm glad most companies seem to be learning from it. I'm not fully sure how Fortnite's gonna go, but the game the like core gameplay mechanics look like they'd be worth some amount of bullshit in favor of fun. Mm. I don't know, a third-person shooter where you make like dumb uh, cardboard forts to defend against zombies. Oh yeah, zombies. you can make
3: traps so that when zombie hordes start entering your fortress, they you know walk over electrified fields yeah. or weird I, things. I just
1: I just want Fortnite um, to be a better a
4: better Orcs Must Die than Unchained. Yeah. I am hoping it will be.
3: Do you also have missions where you go out and save survivors yes. that are trapped? And I other mean,
4: things? ultimately, it's still the kind of the same mechanic
1: no matter so, what you do. Fortnite has the whole Minecraft day-night cycle thing going on, where the sun the sun's well, up at the beginning of the level, and you run around and scavenge and complete micro missions and just try to uh, amass resources so that you can then and fortify night, as much as possible for the night waves. From what I
4: can tell, actually, uh, uh, from what I saw during E3, it seems like most of the quote unquote night waves are actually more of a. Um, uh, are actually more of like a triggered thing. Like you don't, you don't yeah. generally involuntary. So the
1: original idea was to be more Minecrafty. Like it, it looked like it was going to be like well, like waves and waves of like you existing in an actual open world and having to deal with like a long term like base and everything. This one's mm-hmm. more like you just build one base and then deal with the enemies when they come. But it still has that general feel, which is that you start off during the day and a very different world state, and you basically can go questing and stuff so that you can get a better base when it's time to do the actual uh, mission. They have like, a ninja
3: class. You're even exploring for interesting
0: <laughs> items to use. Do, do you like the ninja class? I don't
3: know. I mean, the thing is, it, it it's always a toss-up between, you know, a really cool melee weapon and then ranged. Because, I mean, who wants to get into close proximity with zombies? I
4: do. I do.
1: It's, su- it's surprisingly hard to have <laughs> conversations about Fortnite because the majority of conversations about it right now are dominated by the word thick. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Oh yeah, because uh-huh. the T-H-I-C-C. one of the base. Yeah, one of the base builder ladies uh-huh. has some uh, some thick ass thighs and uh That's all oh, everyone yeah. talks about this. Four, yeah. you mean the model lady? Oh god, I
0: saw an ad for that. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they are so know, she is she, extra she, thick. She looks like we the Hades robot playing as. <laughs> I will I'll play as um uh I guess. Female constructor is her name. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I look forward to. I look forward to playing Fortnite. Uh, the like the
1: basic gameplay looks like it could have a cool loop to it. It's just mm. the scary thing is how the metagame is going to work on the progression and whether or not you have to do like really pointless stuff grinding stuff. Because I just want to play through like the content the game has and then move on with my life. <laughs> this is mm. true. And uh, uh, orcs must die wouldn't let us just do that because like oh you ra- you played these three levels now grind them to unlock the next levels I'm like no I didn't want to do yeah. that it That's... wasn't even based on your star rating or like how well you played the previous levels it was literally like no you
4: got to grind up a bunch of arbitrary currency systems and experience meters <laughs> I think Bummer. you do have to do some amount of grinding my one worry is that I think weapons might have a durability system which I hope to God they change quick
2: mm-hmm. but
4: I. Epic seems like they generally react pretty well to, uh, to like people, uh, people's opinions. Like if everybody mm. gets really up in arms about like this mechanic is dumb, I think they're gonna fix it. I don't know. I've had pretty high opinions of them generally. Yeah, they have experience really really yeah, making multiplayer
1: map games and especially horde survival
0: games. Because uh, have they? What other horde survival games? Years of War Epic Two made? and Three. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I guess it's that. literally yeah. why we call it horde mode. It's from Gears of War. Wow, that was really loud. <laughs> was it really? I just <laughs> yeah, I, co- was... I, I made a cone with my hands. Yeah, uh, well, we literally call them like... Horde survival modes because of Horde mode from Gears of War two and three. I'll be honest, never played a Gears of War game. Yeah, because we used Here to. I? Into, I know nothing until about Until Gears them. of War came out, they were called. It was called survival mode, but mm. now we call it Horde mode because that became the popular word, and that's because uh, oh, okay, Gears of War. Two would pluck you down in a map with three, with a four-person group, and just waves of enemies of increasing difficulty would come in. Like they would later use in like the Halo games and so on. And in Gears of War three, they added base fortifications and stuff like that. So they've actually been building towards the idea of uh, Fortnite for a while, but then they took like a billion years to make it.
4: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are comparing it to Duke Nukem Forever, but from my perspective, it's slightly different because games have never actually been their like focus from yeah. what I can tell.
1: It's not comparable because of the fact that Epic is primarily an engine creating company and most mm-hmm. of the video games they make that are new IPs are actually them testing out their new engine by making a game in it while they're developing the engine because yeah they make Unreal. And we're not just talking about the, the arena games, but they make the Unreal Engine. Like, that's that's their real income source, not more so than some of their most of their video
0: games. In their Do they mystery. really make that much income off of the Unreal Engine? I believe yeah. so. It's licensed Any to, like, game... every major publisher. Yeah, yeah. That, but they... I mean, how much money does Overwatch, like, barf up for them versus the Unreal Engine licensing? Oh, Overwatch is Blizzard. Damn it. Uh, that's not what I meant to say. It's um.
1: <laughs> like... uh epics never made a lot of video games like they made the unreal games back in the day more recently they made obviously gears of war but they're only five games into that total uh then they did like shadow complex and this
0: and that's like most of the games basically wow i just realized epic hasn't had a big game release in a number of years uh oh yeah they don't um
1: yeah i don't think they i don't know if they even made gears of war five years I think the no. new gears or Gears of War four, I think it might be called. I think that was made by. I think that's now. a... I think it might be a Microsoft. No, project Gears of now. War
0: four was a was a Microsoft project. Wow, yeah, they really don't make shit. Yeah, it's yeah, oh yeah, it's developed by the Coalition now, whatever that
1: is. So that yeah. Ge- yeah, the series has moved on from them. Uh, they made the, the first last three Gears of made, Wars, and then I guess Judgment. was Gears of War three. Back yeah. in 2011. Yeah, they they made one, two, and three, and then Judgment was like a weird thing where like they it was quote I think it was kind of developed by Epic, but also developed by People Can Fly, which is the people that they brought on to make uh, Bulletstorm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so yeah. The Bulletstorm Fortnite people... was announced in 2011. Wow. Yep. I wrote about it all the way back then. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah, I forgot you used to write for um, Spike TV. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's kidding. see
0: here. Wow! Yeah, it still uh, comes up on Google. The page doesn't exist
1: anymore, but I can find the uh, mm-hmm. search result. Where if I type, if I type, if I write "tech goblin Fortnite," tech yeah. being spelled with a K instead of a CH, the first result is my article I wrote doing trailer analysis for Fortnite, on December eleventh, twenty eleven.
4: I would actually rather developers not do shit like that, though.
2: So long ago. Wow.
4: <laughs> and uh, I was watching. That's so
2: weird
0: to me. I mean, Epic was like. The shit, man. They put out they ma- so many games in the nineties. <laughs> and then they made the Unreal they, Engine, and I guess they, they haven't pulled it much.
1: They
4: pulled a valve. Yeah. Like, All they right, did pull a done. valve.
1: Or Konami. Yeah. Just a company goes somewhere else, uh, that makes starts making their money elsewhere from making video games. It's like when you hear about how Nintendo used to make trading cards and shit for most of their history. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to video games. Uh yeah, it's it's weird to think about. But um I think I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, so what's surprising about Fortnite is that it was playable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like, well, it sounds like vaporware. Well, right? I mean, like, it sounds yeah. like vaporware, but like I was watching uh, the Rooster Teeth crew playing it earlier, and like mm-hmm. they talked about how like yeah, like Gus and Gavin, like they played Fortnite in like 2012.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, I've had access it, it, it was, to the alpha beta, it, beta or whatever for like three years now, but I c- I couldn't talk about it.
1: It just kept it just kept becoming like a not quite
0: priority from time to time, and that's it. Yep. So did I... Fortnite pull a Team Fortress Two, where like the art style changed dramatically nope. early no, on, or actually, has it always been the way it's that it's been hell right so The original one I mean, looks exactly looks like nicer. this, basically. Yeah, that's very fascinating because I remember one of the biggest problems with Team Fortress 2's development is that it took them years to settle on the art style that they did, and then when that came together, the rest of the development basically just uh like took off.
3: I think it goes so, along with what Wander usually brings up in a lot of discussions about graphics that when you have such a stylized look, uh you don't have to worry about Yeah, they like, picked a very style so they didn't even need to up- worry d- updating about updating so drastically yeah. that it renders the old style obsolete. So
0: Yeah, I mean, consider how good like frickin' Toy Story is like looks <laughs> today. Uh, that yeah. came out, although a even years with ago. that
1: trilogy, if you watch the trilogy, there you can see the jump in quality between two and three. Like, oh really yeah, hard. I
4: mean, you, but still, so like the original one stands on its own. They actually yeah, started adding like yeah. semi-realistic hair, and it well, that's because they literally couldn't. F- Toy
1: Story yeah, and one and two haven't an, have the advantage of having of animating a bunch of characters that aren't supposed to look like people. They're supposed yeah. to look yeah. like they're supposed to look well, fake. So it, there's no one Penny Valley.
0: Yeah, the the original like the the 3D the people that made that, like, what was his name? Catmull? is a huge, huge, um, hugely successful, like, mathematician uh, in 3D, um, like, mathematics, geometry, computational stuff. Actually, a really big name. And, like, he he wanted to make, um, like, realistic people, but they just couldn't. So he just realized... Because they couldn't render skin. So when he was Mm -hmm. like, well, if you can't render skin, we can make plastic, and then... From that, he figured out how to make he, like um, he just figured like he could make Toy Story. Is basically how it started.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What was his name? Catmull. Uh, Edwin Catmull is a computer scientist and current president of Pixar. His name very, is Catmull. Very, very, yeah. Is it really? It, I when I heard his name for the first time. I was like, who the hell is this guy? But he is like one of the most intelligent and brilliant people that exist in like the creative and like computer scientist worlds today. That'd
1: be like finding out someone's real name is Suda Fifty One. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. He's seventy-two years old, man.
0: Yeah. want to do viewer you know, questions. He's a, he's a really cool guy. Is
3: oh yeah, questions. Really
0: cool. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, let's let's take some podcast questions. I guess. Got one today. That I'm just gonna jump to. Just to get it out mm. of the way
1: because because I'm just because I mostly because I've had it open and I haven't looked at anything else yet. Uh, mm. So Tate Sherard asks a f- number of questions. Actually, uh, best new
4: game of 2017 or games. 2017. God, there's too many. There's been some really good releases this year. Hollow Knight, absolutely Hollow Knight. As part two. <laughs> <laughs> You. <laughs> um, my,
1: favorite,
0: my favorite new game this year is the upcoming Flicks and Chill Two Millennials. <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda. Which oh, that man- No. <laughs> uh, uh, serious answer. I'm gonna probably <laughs> say Breath of the Wild. For me, it's
1: definitely up there with like Breath of the Wild and Prey. Yeah, have been like such a great experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild is uh, Andromeda will always be memorable for the wrong reasons. <laughs> is the best I can say. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Everyone
4: get their answer on that one.
3: Or- uh, I mean, the problem is all the games that I play now are pretty much the ones I play with Wander.
4: Yeah, the stuff uh-huh. that I force her to watch with me, as opposed to games yeah. she actually wants Chill. to play. Shell, shell, look at it.
3: Uh, <laughs> look at it and so, say yeah, so yeah, Breath of the Wild. But also, I mean, I did enjoy looking over your shoulder for what you did play. Of uh, the problem is, a lot of my experience with games is determined by the plot.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> As opposed to the actual gameplay, so I, I'm not really uh, much for like actually rating a game based on its gameplay because I watch Wander do the gameplay and I assess things based on what's going on in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's such a weird yeah.
1: phenomenon Sorry about that. going on. Like so- it applies to Telltale and Decker and other stuff, but also other games. It's just the idea of, like those games that are best viewed in the YouTube context, basically. Like yeah. watching somebody mm-hmm. else play it as opposed to playing it yourself, because the act of actually holding on to the controller is not always the best. Sort of in like a like a Last Guardian sort of way, for example. Like maybe just seeing it oh, happen yeah. is better than physically playing it.
3: Yeah, trying to get Trico to to do what we wanted was a hassle sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's hard to yeah. that's hard to uh, convey to audiences at times. Also. The chat's immediately putting your word, your your plot, your your word choice of plot in quotes, which implies boobs. Mm. Wait, what? Mm. So your chat is implying that you actually watch all of these games
0: for boobs?
3: (laughs) No, no, I do not.
0: I mean, let me tell you, Mm. Shell is the biggest pervert I know.
4: Yep, hundred percent.
3: I'm like the farthest from it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You guys and your sarcasm.
4: That you can't
1: yeah. detect still. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> what's your stand on net
0: neutrality? Is that kind I, of politics or not? I Everyone's I mean, talking about it. Mean, we'll just sum it up really fast, I guess. Pro-net neutrality. Yeah. There you go. Anybody I that
4: don't wants really to feel charge... like talking
0: about it, honestly. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Anybody that wants to charge extra for the internet better be offering something better than what's already there. And they're not. Better, better than Google Fiber, for example. Yeah, also that.
3: Yeah. I, get, I get
4: freaking a Comcast. Uh, we get
3: AT&T, and AT&T Comcast AT&T, yeah. like, coming after us in every, our mail every, every oh, yeah. week. It's
4: like a flyer being like, subscribe to our service and you'll get blazing me, fast speeds. And I I I'm like, that so constantly. double gigabit? And they're like, no, 50 megabytes a second. I'm like, why? <laughs> you're, you're charging me like twice the price for 5%? Where yeah. where do you get this?
0: Yep. I get I get century link and Comcast spam constantly. Yeah, just as a general rule, it's important to have
1: freedom and equality in how information is processed in our society or we become North Korea and China. Yes. Yep. I also That's think just- the Internet <laughs> should just be utility, just Don't like let everything. Or else. just become one long people advertisement. Should not be able to choose which information gets to be seen by people versus other information, in crippling horrible ways. Or we're in trouble.
0: Yeah. Yep. Ta-da. This episode brought to you by Coke. Is the Surge an acceptable <laughs> replacement for Dark Souls?
4: No. <laughs> what the fuck th- <laughs> No. It was it's actually an good. Acceptable replacement. Despite <laughs> its uh, pedigree. <laughs> but no,
0: who? Question. What troll asked that question? Same person that that asked the last funny. two questions. It's all one email. Oh, okay. uh, I'm gonna assume the answer is no, but I'm
4: not. I'm not getting around to that I, until I would probably after, recommend after I finish. Uh, Prey. I would actually <laughs> recommend <laughs> playing it. Like it's. It was not nearly as bad as Lords I mean, of the Fallen. For my channel, I've got like an obligation to play anything that's Souls like. Yeah.
1: I, I still tell myself I'm going to go around and play the DLC for Lords of the Fallen I never got around to because it's technically there.
3: <laughs> you haven't even put up our series of Lords of the Fallen and I stuck with you for the entirety of it in the hopes That's that... That's because
1: Wander just stops uploading things. <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll, you'll finish recording the entire series and he'll just like, I could just drag the rest into the upload me- screen and then hit go.
0: <laughs> or I could sit it's on it forever. It's not that easy, Keith. It's not that easy.
1: R.I.P. until Dawn's series you definitely finished but isn't online. <laughs> Yeah, and, we played
3: the entire Until Dawn in like two or three nights. and uh, I mean,
4: and to some degree, that was getting 80 views when my average videos got like couple we I mean, We're on episode so 32 like, of this mm-hmm.
1: podcast and his audience thinks that we've made 20 episodes so far.
3: <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. mm-hmm. <laughs> we,
3: we,
2: even
0: have,
3: we even have people uh, admonishing Wander for failing to upload D D videos to the subreddit that he made for our your our D campaign. They're like, Ha, huh, mm. I shared it before you.
1: you're in I trouble have Wander other shit be- to do. You're in trouble Wander <laughs> because the if you success- want to edit the these successful series- revitalizations of birds and and uh and
0: Andrew's channels has treated me that nagging people works.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: your nagging didn't do shit to revitalize my <laughs> channel. Thank you very much. I said a thing and then it happened. That means that I did it. <laughs> it's just like when people say to play a game that I already recorded, they made me play it, uh, obviously. I, I won't <laughs> lie. Like, nagging me actually totally worked, but you weren't the only <laughs> person nagging me. Okay. You weren't the only person nagging me. Was it Ladybird or your audience? Uh, you know, I'm going to plead fits. Um, <laughs> Ladybird is the staring phrase. at me. With a very big smile on her face right now. So, I was going to say, like, with a really big pa- paddle <laughs> and 500 milliliters of butt cream. Last part of the
4: question:
1: uh? What is what I is a better way to handle it.
0: the pre-purchase craze? Uh, the pre-purchase craze will never end. It's been yeah, going I, on for I don't know what well, years. By a better way to handle? <laughs> yeah, I don't.
1: I, mean, I have no idea. Don't, I don't pre-order skip that stuff. One. You're giving people I... money for not delivering on something.
3: Yeah, I'm not, I Period. don't pre-purchase uh. things unless I know Pre-per- it's going to come through.
1: You can pre-order a Switch or something like that when it's coming out because it'll actually not be there if you don't. But yeah. video games oh, yeah. will be there no that. matter what. And pre-
0: pre-ordering yeah, them... Yeah, you should doesn't... never pre-order... I, I'm, well, I don't know. The, the, the thing is, sometimes I've pre-ordered things that have just been like absolutely wonderful. Like, I pre-ordered Team Fortress 2... You know, yeah. that was absolutely worth getting. And it's a weird thing to try to apply to the concept of a digital a digital download
1: game as being it's, yeah. its
0: primary way of being distributed. But for the most part, pre-orders are just not worth... They're just not worth it all. Because you're just giving um, a large company
1: free money in advance for making a, th- yeah. for a game that may not even be good. It it adds to the idea that like Bethesda right now is not giving out review copies to anybody for any game yep. now. And Ew. so really? like, yeah, so like for God. the for the Skyrim special edition for example, it came out totally broken and no one knew until de- until the days following its yep. release because nobody could uh, sound the alarm Sonic because boom. they kept it a secret. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they they kept it a secret from everyone and that started with Doom, which secretly turned out to be good, so it didn't matter as much, but everything since Doom, they've not put out press codes for so no one knows in advance if it's good or not, and people are buying it in advance based on no warnings, and you can just get screwed over with a shitty thing like Skyrim Special Edition, which at the time was like, "Hey, it's like Skyrim, but it works less, and they made the water look mm-hmm. different, and that's it." Yeah, six- but there were mods to so make yeah. it people look think bad. Look it's be a the billion dollars. Case. Yeah. Like, if, like pre- um... if you pre-order games actively, you're actively discouraging. You're actively encouraging
4: shittier business practices for the industry. Yep. Yeah. My recommendation is instead of pre-ordering, wait for a YouTuber uh, to get their hands on it first that, you Mm -hmm. know, isn't one of the ones that just is, like, paid to hype this game up. Like, you know, Total Total Biscuit's a good example. He, like, generally never pulls punches. Uh, Even if his opinions might not be in line with your own, you at least know it's going to be a functional property. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, if a developer is being real shady with it, just don't pre-order it. Whatever bonus you get for pre-ordering it is not worth the extra... It's Anything, pretty much never really. worth it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, wow, a different gun skin that I can then throw yeah, away yeah. immediately. And like front, I pre bet- order bonuses are so poorly handled that me, <laughs> as a person who
4: doesn't pre-order games, has pre order bonuses for all their games. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I will admit it was nice to have an extra shiny shotgun for prey, but did it matter? No. It was just gold plated a little bit. In fact, by the time I got there, I'd already found a different shotgun
1: and upgraded several times, so I just threw away the pre-order shotgun because it had the same stats but was golden. They had moved the shotgun on me, so I found it immediately. I was just like, huh, this is weird. I found like three other shotguns, I think, before I found the pre-order one because it was in the office, and that's like the last place I explored in the beginning of the game. I was like Uh, several uh, like, several guns deep at that point. Um, I don't know if this one makes sense to anybody. Uh, Seth Levitt asks, Boy. have you ever played a game called The Depths, and what are your thoughts on it?
0: Uh, was that no. the shark one? Is that the shark game? That's depth. depth.
3: I mean, that could be what he's referring well, to. Well,
0: let's just pretend that is what
1: he's referring to. Yeah, when depth I say the depths, fun. plural, the first thing I get is From the Depths, which is a I've ship never heard oh. of From the depths. combat game. Oh,
4: yeah. Okay, From the Depths is a sandbox ship, ship builder. Yeah. It's oh. also okay, but, um... Uh, what the hell am I looking at? It looks thing. like Lego ships fighting each other. It looks like
0: Lego
1: <laughs> battleships, which
4: yeah, apparently it's pretty good. I've heard really yeah, good looks things pretty about funny. it. This
1: email mostly yeah. just made me sad because it reminded me of the game about the deep game called Deep Down from Capcom. That's just vaporware, apparently. Uh, yeah, the like kind of Souls like co-op. thing. Yeah, it was but a Souls like co-op because... multiplayer Monster Hunter dungeon crawler thing announced four years oh, so ago. Now, the thing that would be. Perfect for our group. It looked exactly okay. like it it looked like a triple A version of uh Necropolis at the time, but it was announced
4: four years ago. So it was mm, a it's bit okay. more a never of, seen the light of day. There's a bunch of uh, new co-op souls likes coming out that actually look like they aren't they aren't vaporware, so Yay. Mm. So many Souls likes.
3: Is vaporware something that just disappears? <laughs> Is that what you're yeah, referring to? It's kind yeah. of like a
4: a fake game kind of put like out. Hardware, there. software, vaporware yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a thing that's supposedly being in perpetual thick. development
1: forever and then they slowly stop talking about it and then maybe it mm-hmm. just never gets mentioned again one day
3: yeah I was so hyped for EverQuest next and then there's like sorry
0: yep yeah that's actually one of the quintessential examples of vaporware
3: they, they had been releasing mini novels and all that I was I was reading all of them. They, they allowed you to download the PDF so that you could read their little mini novels about the lore of the world that they were crafting. Mm-hmm. And they were showing all the character models and they're giving out polls. What race do you want to be added next to the roster? And I'm like, ooh, fairies, yeah. fairies. <laughs> and no, really. And it uh-huh. was the one that won too over <laughs> gnomes.
1: It did and other itself. Things. You killed, oh, it. Uh, you, you, uh, killed you killed it. You killed the Schmedley. You, you killed Sony on um, uh computer entertainment. They're dead now. There's Sony Online Entertainment. Uh, I guess they were called. Yeah, they're dead now. You. did Oh, it.
0: did that actually contribute to that? Yeah,
1: yeah. that's. That, I think that's really? the main reason that EverQuest died is because Soe was dead. Soe was just
4: gone. Like I think that's yeah. gone now. Well, also Schmedley, Schmedley is. is uh, huh? Smedley was kind of the lead, which always because they're the express the the company.
3: I think it was interesting though, because reading articles after the fact, uh, his his excuse for it wasn't you know all of the turmoil surrounding the project and the company itself, but the it just wasn't fun anymore. And it's like what?
4: I mean, I'm fairly certain he my job part of his exit contract. Fun I, I wouldn't be surprised if his exit contract wasn't like Just shut you up. Can't you can't speak about this? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. 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 It, it's it's very ever. often like a gag order.
1: Yeah, that always bothers wow, me. I'm bugs reading me about the like-
4: history of SOE and
0: like it's made up of a billion different companies, and this is like one of the most confusing <laughs> like histories. This the the wow. This is this Wikipedia page is like trying to suss out information from tea leaves written by the Zodiac Killer. Like, this is just <laughs> like, yeah. absurdly complicated to follow this company's history. Well, like, and the interesting the... thing is,
3: with a company like that, isn't it possible that one studio's success would then, like, have their money devoted That's to, like, another kind studio? Of what happened,
2: I and guess. And then
3: that studio has a failure, so the initial studio doesn't have funding for a game that could be good, or... I, I don't know. I don't understand how... Like these it gets really big and confusing because like they're all
1: owned right? by Sony, Sony, right? Like the actual Sony. Yeah. So it's like even that gets to be an, an even bigger picture thing of like who who gets money shared with them or not and stuff like that and how how much of a priority it is to like the corporation. Sometimes they just stop caring about a particular studio and just get rid of it because they don't care anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: even if they make good things, like the
1: trash oh, talk Jima. part talk about like. Trying mm-hmm. to uh talk uh get the dirt on a closing company and stuff like that like that with the interviewing of the guy that was leaving it like that reminds me of like what about pe-
3: THQ wasn't that one
1: it, that stuff reminds me what of like c- situation well, teach well THQ
4: <laughs> ruined themselves what
3: Everyone, was the the thing that they ruined they
4: made uh, an art game program for uh the Wii U.
1: It was for the, they made a, uh, no, not for the Wii U, because it wouldn't have made sense for the Wii U, because the Wii U had a tablet on it. Instead, oh, they, they it, made the UDRA for the tablet for the Wii, which was basically the Wii U controller, sort of, and you could use it for Pictionary and stuff like that. And it was a wildly successful peripheral sale, because it was marketed to the Wii audience, which is like kids and grandparents and like casual gamers, and it's a d- another dumb peripheral, which always sells well on the Wii. But mm-hmm. they took the wrong message from its success, and instead of, like, making additional software for it or making, like, some sort of sequel follow-up or something, they tried to make the same thing for the Xbox 360 and PS3. And they made so much of it. They made so much hardware at once just assuming it would do well. And then no one bought um, it. So they, they sunk all their money into they physical assets. themselves. Yeah. They sunk and all I, their money into physical assets and it failed. So their company went under.
3: And huh. I think the Nintendo 64 actually cited that as a reason why they limit the number of... Uh, Console units that they bring out, even though that causes like scarcity. But oh, part yeah. of it is also they're competing with Apple and other companies for. Right. Parts. That is
1: absolutely. I think we actually talked about earlier in this podcast. I think in other episodes oh. it's like the idea that like that's absolutely why Nintendo has a constant irritating scarcity thing is because they're mm-hmm. a company that always operates at a profit and they don't go make these ridiculous
4: risks and, the, per- and that's peripheral. why they've been around mm-hmm. for like a hundred years. Yeah. yeah, and why they true. have us? They could operate for like a decade without making any money.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. like Nintendo's really frustrating, but they're off. I think they're generally they. I think their companies generally the run more traditional smartly traditional than mo- than all of these sense. alarmist YouTubers will act like they are. Yeah, they're actually yeah, they yeah. actually do know what they're doing, as it turns out.
4: The only oh, thing they've been around for a long time. <laughs> I I still think their uh, YouTube partner program is kind of nonsense because yeah. I was looking yeah. into the CPM per video, and because of their dumb partner program, my CPM is like half a cent as opposed to like mm-hmm. four to ten dollars, which it normally is because. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So, it's just, don't play Nintendo 64 games. Well, well Nintendo well, games, 64. I keep saying the 64 mean, because yeah. that was, like, the only yeah. system I ever had growing up until Shell, the Wii. Shell
4: never left the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> I, so I, I a, <laughs> wish I, I never left, left, it. left the 90s. That'd be way that'd be pretty, better. That'd be pretty good. I'm yeah. 100 and, <laughs> I am 135
1: episodes into Zelda right now. I have made mm-hmm. about $4 yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> they wow. sent me a check for that's uh point, cents. man it uh from a monetary standpoint it's a nightmare but it it's it's it not bad views. for channel growth like it, it's huh. it's good for the long tail of my channel in general like it, i i am getting new viewers and also strong viewership from my existing p- audience being engaged mm-hmm. in the series but that's like a that's also a double uh double-sided sword there too because like on yep. one hand engaging your existing audience on certain content is very good for you because they're sticking around and not unsubscribing but they might have been engaged in something else if they weren't engaged in that series. And yep. that other thing would have made yeah. money. <laughs> so, that is well, always we, could one of my be, consistent things. It can things. actually actively hurt yeah. stuff.
0: Well, we got about one minute left. Uh, Wander, do you have a poop story that you'd like to uh, share with us? I've got shit. <laughs> Good. That was the answer I was hoping Go watch for. Baby Driver. That's not to you guys.
4: I thought you were to about audience. to say boss yeah. baby, and I got real no. worried. Yeah. I thought that's... I was
0: gonna say boss baby too.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, baby driver has n- it's like it's like the sexy brutale of like mm. not very f- like market friendly names for movies. <laughs> it's like sexy brutal. We want to attract people that play adventure games and that in puzzle games. I'm gonna call it sexy
0: brutale. Like Baby Driver but, isn't like an Edgar Wright movie done in the style of a Tarantino mm. film. <laughs> End. The plot follows a baby who is a secret agent in the secret war between not, babies
4: and puppies. Definitely not. Wait, the name what was, is this movie? You're looking you... up the plot for Boss Baby. Yes,
0: <laughs> uh... the plot follows a baby who's a secret agent in the secret war between babies and puppies. That just this sounds is a like DreamWorks movie. That just sounds yeah. like yeah, baby geniuses crossed it. with cats and dogs. Pops. Yeah. This movie made over,
4: made almost half a million, uh, uh, half a billion dollars at the box office. I don't normally get visceral reactions, but every once in a while I'll see people be like, boss baby in Minecraft? Question mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Yeah. And I will like actually kind of (laughs) internally retch. Oh, God. Do you think Boss Baby can dab while holding a fidget spinner? Fuck, you disgust all of us now. (laughs) You, that was the most disgusting story we could end with.
3: And I (laughs) think the the point was, like, the the baby's older brother found out, and... I don't
0: want to know. How do you know this much about the plot? Have you seen Boss Baby? Because of the trailer. Yeah, the trailer actually showed the the older brother,
3: like... Finding out that the baby is communicating via with the other babies, and it's just ah, babies. No
1: spoil, just no spoilers. But Baby Driver is really good, and it's really unfortunate. It's called Baby Anything because that
0: means people are gonna watch it less. True. It's
1: really good. It's really
2: good. It's
0: an Edgar Wright movie.
3: Come
0: on. So let's watch the Castlevania movie or er, cartoon on Netflix. I watched the first two episodes. Very enjoyable. That's yeah. half the series, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, only it's four, four episodes.
0: episodes. Yeah, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I will. I want them to make more. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, from the animators of Adventure Time. What the fuck?
3: The, yeah. the writing was Let's a, tad a subpar, but the animation was really the nice. Writing, the acting. writing
0: is very cliched. We, could, we should probably spoiler cast it, though. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After I'd Keith be down for spoiler it. casting it when I see it. Maybe yeah, tonight or something. We'll all enjoy it. And then we can spoiler cast
1: uh, Better Call Saul. And then me and Wander yeah. can spoiler cast... Uh, Spider Man. When Spider-Man. you go see it, and we'll yeah. see. All go see Spider Man, everybody. Rabbits. Go see Baby Driver, everybody. <laughs> go see the Boss movie. Baby. They're good things. No, don't see Boss Baby.
0: All right, I gotta go just, feed my rabbits. Just <laughs> print out
1: a picture of the guy that made it, and then like draw on it or something, and it's cheap. It's free. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next time, <laughs> send your yeah. send your questions to questions at gmail.com Still haven't made a new
0: email that makes more sense, but that one will always work anyway. If you're watching on SoundCloud, then you must be listening within the next, You are on a sinking like, ship. <laughs> 30 days. <laughs> oh, yeah, SoundCloud. Yeah.
1: All the audio versions are uploaded to a site that's dying. Oh, we should have talked mm-hmm. about
3: that. I wanted to know what was going on with SoundCloud, because... Nah, there's not
0: enough time to make time. Yeah, also, yeah. the company's just dying. That's, the, the company's that's just,
3: just dying, so you're going to have to host stuff out elsewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Hooray.